Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. This is April and Sean from the Social Reserve, and you are listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Joining us here on another edition of Talking Twins. We appreciate you guys coming back with us. We apologize for the uh, technical difficulties that cost us the, the show last week, but we have gotten all those all those issues worked out, so we, we are back for you guys here after the All-Star break. And we're going to have a uh, fun show this week. Uh, of course, we have Down on the Farm. We're going to give you guys the, the stars of the week, as we, we do each and every show here on Talking Twins. We have an extended Down on the Farm this week, though, as we are going to bring you guys a very special interview with a good guy, Brett Rooker. We're going to sit down and, and, and talk with the the, the Twins' uh, top draft, you know, second first round draft pick, if you will. The in terms of you know a lot of a lot of good things about his uh, pro ball experience so far with the Twins, his college career, you know, kind of whole in a whole lot of different categories. We're going to we're going to go over a lot of stuff with Brent. It's going to be a real fun interview. Definitely want to obviously listen to the whole show so you can hear that. You know, don't just you know bail after the stars or something weird like that because you're you're going to want to hear the the Brent Rooker interview we, we're going to have. Uh, with him later on and then of course after the break we'll come back and we will uh, sit down in the dugout we've got some pretty good topics we're going to talk about possible trade topics I mean you're looking at the point where going into Wednesday evening the Twins are a half game out of first in the AL Central and this is July 19th now we're talking about this and they're also a half game out of the second wild card spot behind the New York Yankees so this is a club that is in contention that's relevant and we're at July 19th so we're definitely going to talk about possible trade topics and what you know maybe you know moves that they can make we're also going to talk about some injury updates uh, including uh injury updates on uh, byron buxton and hector santiago we're going to talk about the latest on phil hughes unfortunately for phil it's it's not good and we're also then going to wrap that up with a little chat about what's coming up this weekend at target field and that is the 1987 world series 30th anniversary reunion so with that guys uh, remember you can always find us on the web that is www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. You can also find us on Twitter, and that handle is at Talking Twins. And then also for Facebook, you guys can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Talking Twins. So use the social media. Check out the website. Please do it all. We'd, we'd love to hear from you and you know, see your comments and, and tweets and all that good stuff. So with that, I welcome in Daryl Yates, my partner in crime, the co-host each and every week on Talking Twins, or each and every episode, I should say. Uh, Daryl, we got a, a, a great show this evening. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get the stars out there here in just a moment on the Down on the Farm segment. But, boy, we got a good interview with Brent Rooker and a lot of fun stuff even to talk about in the dugout this week, too. You know, you just you think about where, where we were this time last year, Brad, and we were trying to convince fans to just watch the Twins. And uh, it's, a, it's a different atmosphere. I mean, we see it at the ball games. We, you know, we see it on TV. We, hear it on, we see it on Twitter, you know, all the social – 
all the social feeds. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun that we're in the mix, and I don't think anybody, and I'll be honest, I didn't think we'd be this good this fast on, under new ownership, and a lot of it has to do, obviously, with uh, some of our young stars developing, uh, you know, like, uh, obviously, Jose Barrios and Miguel Sano, those are two of the big ones, uh, can big-time contributors in their second and third year, respectively. Well, and you know to key on that, that's a I mean, that's a great point, Daryl, I and mean, that's a that's an awesome point. And it, it makes me think about what I heard the numbers today. I know they played the Yankees, you know, and I understand that the the attendance always jumps up a little bit when they play, you know, the Yankees or Boston or whatnot. But today was a Wednesday afternoon game, and they had almost thirty one thousand there today for a Wednesday. Well, and they had thirty three last night. Yeah, the night before on Tuesday night. These are numbers that you know, if you were talking last year, weren't happening. I mean, they were not. Well, and this is, this is a team that averages, Brad, 24,000, you know, like six or seven to the bottom. Right. But they're doing, they're pulling this because of, this. Oh, it's a meaningful series. It is the Yankees. Yep, so I get that. But they're going to draw because they're in it. And, you know, as we get talking more, uh, you know, as a trade, because the trade line's coming up here in about a week and a half. Correct. If they make if they make some sort of a move, or just maybe the move is not getting rid of some of your talent, uh, like a Urban Santana or Kinsler, it you know we're right there. I mean, you mentioned it in in the in the intro. Only a half game out of both first. We're, we're a half game out of the wild card. Half game out of the wild card. Half game out of first place. And half game out of first place. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're in contention. We're relevant, and that, you know what? It, it, I mean. I mean, it, it, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's twofold good for us because obviously we're, we're fans, but we're also trying to do a, a, a podcast here. So it, it's good for us as fans because it's obviously fun. It's good for us as podcast hosts because it obviously <laughs> it makes it a lot more relevant it for keeps people. It interesting. Yeah. People actually want to listen to a Twins podcast. You know, we're not, you know, we don't have to beg quite as hard. <laughs> it's, it's, it makes, <laughs> you know, makes people want to listen a little more when they go, yeah, the team's actually half out. I want to hear what. You know what guys that are you know have somewhat of a pulse on the club are actually you know are actually saying so. No, it it, it does, and we'll obviously we'll get into that in the in the in the dugout segment. We will talk about what this means in terms of moves and things like that, and, and there are topics that I mentioned. Let's start it off though. We need to go down on the farm as we do each and each and every episode to, to kick the show off. We need to go down and and find our stars from down on the farm, and we'll start off in, of course, our good friends down in Cedar Rapids at Low A, and you know. We got the Colonels down there, and I've got a guy this week. I'll kick it off first. I've got a center fielder down there, and that's Christian Cavanaugh. And Cavanaugh just got called back up from E Town in, in the in, uh, about three, two and a half, three weeks ago. They, they had sent him down, some struggles. Went down to E Town. Seemed like he worked things out. Popped back up uh, to Cedar Rapids, and boy, he he certainly has over his last ten games, hitting three twenty one on a nine for twenty eight clip couple of doubles, a home run, three RBIs, three runs scored, stole a couple of bases also in that span. So like to see Cavaness because we, we've, we've seen kind of the flashes with Christian, but then it, it's, it's always kind of been, you know, the flash, and then he, you know, he, he kind of has a rough couple of weeks, and then another flash. Hopefully, you know, the, the shot down to E-Town, you know, kind of got to him a little bit, you know, both on a, you know, on a mechanical level and getting swing and, and things like that better, and also maybe on a, on a personal level, hey, I don't want to get sent back down to rookie league again. I want to start going upward from low A, not back down, because you never want to make the trip back down. You always want to climb the ladder up. So hopefully that's what we continue to see more of that from 
from Christian Cavanaugh, who is my uh, star of the week. Daryl, who do you got down there for the beautiful uh, fans in Cedar Rapids and the Colonels? Well, the player I have, I'm going to go over why I have him, and then I want to just go, I'm going to delve off a little bit, uh, talk about some struggles he's going to have to make it to the bigs, and not that it's impossible, but it's uh, Griffin Jacks, okay. starting pitcher uh, out of the Air Force Academy. Now, he's trying to be the first ever uh, major league uh, player out of the Air Force Academy. Now, he's a 22-year-old uh, that the Twins selected in the third round last year, 2016, and his last outing, he only allowed three hits over seven strong innings, giving up just one run and striking out a pair of batters. On a season, he's one and two with a 2.59 ERA, 17 strikeouts to just four free passes. So he is my star of the week for Cedar Rapids. What I want to mention is that the Twins took a big gamble, and I, rightfully so, it was a smart choice because you know, he's a great ball player and he wants to be a ball player. Uh, he went to the Air Force Academy. And as if you don't know, well, after you do any academy, you've got to serve some time. And it's active duty that you have to serve. But last year, so he completed, you know, he finished Air Force in late May. And right now he's on a 60-day paid leave before he reports. Well, last year they changed it in 2016. Before he entered the draft, the Department of Defense passed a rule that would allow military members who received a professional sports contract to serve their time as a reservist, which means, okay, when I was, because when I was in high school, I did this. I was a reservist. I went, and I served every uh, one week in a month, two weeks out of the year. And that's basically what he would have to do. Well, this year, Department of Defense changed that and put it back to the old rules where, no, you gotta, you got to serve two years active duty. So whilst he is on his 60 days paid leave, he's going to pitch as much as he can for Cedar Rapids, but then he's going to be called into active duty. Now, he will be stationed in Florida, and it doesn't, so he, he could come up possibly on Saturdays and pitch. They're, the Twins are going to support the ruling. Uh, it's that they're not going to, you, you can't defy it. it. It is what it is. It was the, the rule got changed and he's got to serve active and he's a, you know, he's an honorary person. He's going to do that. You know, he's serving his country. He wants to be a ball player and the twins obviously. And as fans, we want to see him make it, but you know what country first. So he's going to do that, but he, he is going to be, uh, training when possible. What that means now for this 22-year-old, Brad, is that, well, it probably delays his development. It probably delays his development yeah, because, God forbid, something does come up, something comes up, and he's forced to go overseas. Now, that's like going on a DL because you're not going to see him for a year. Yeah, no, so, I, I agree. I agree. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's, a bum, it's a bum rap for him. I feel sorry for him because prior to being draft, and I actually feel sorry for the Twins a little bit too, because, you know, prior to being draft, this new rule was put into place that if, you, if a person is selected for and signs a major league contract for whatever sport that might be, that person can serve in the reserves, not, not the uh, – full-time active duty, 
and then that got changed just out from under just a couple months ago. So it's unfortunate, it's, but you know what? No one can do anything about it. you got to roll with it. Hopefully you know, nothing major happens and he can just stay uh, stateside, uh, do what he needs to do with the Air Force while also, you know, taking some leave here and there and, uh, you know, coming up on weekends. I was active Army. I had weekends off. You know what? I wasn't over in Kuwait or Iraq. So, you know, I had my weekends to do. In this case, as long as he's stateside, he has weekends off. Guess what? He can call, He can go to Fort Myers and pitch. So there's still ways to work around it. The Twins are going to support him. The Twins are going to work with him. And he wants to be a major league pitcher, so he's going to work with this. It just might take a little bit more time than maybe we hope for. And and it is, you know, it is what it is. Like you said, I mean, you got to – you got to you got to do your your service first. I mean that's you know that's right. what, that's what you signed up for. You can't you know you can't cry about it. You can't you know you can't. If there's anyone to root for though, oh, I'm rooting yeah. for I'm rooting oh, for Jack. So man, I'm, I'm rooting for Jack's big time I'm, with this one. I'm with you 150 percent, man. If that's the guy you want to pull for, that's definitely the kind of guy that that you wanna you wanna hope you know that he, you know because that's just a little extra he's got to go through it. But you know what? He's obviously you know. He, he, he's he's a service guy, as you were. He's conditioned for it. He'll be ready for it. So hopefully, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a guy that, you know, he'll, mentally, it won't be a mental problem. I mean, mentally, he'll be mentally tough to handle it. It's just hopefully he can keep himself somewhat, you know. Physically. In baseball shape, yeah, baseball. in his arm and shape. Because if he start, you know, he's flying planes and he's overseas, well, now he's not going to be in baseball shape. That's working. And we we see we've seen guys come off, and we have a number of them. Some of our top prospects who've had Tommy John miss the whole year. Right. That's why I said it's like losing them to uh, the DL yep. because we've seen that so many with our with our top pitching prospects. You know, it, it'd be kind of like that. Let's just hope that everything works out in the world, and you know, there's peace, and you know, he's able to stay stateside, and you know, he's close enough to Fort Myers where. That's where he reports next year, and he's just there every weekend or something. Yeah, and, and number one, just let's worry, you know, let's just you know, let's just say we hope he stays safe and doesn't, you know, you know, exactly. have to have to go, you know, worse than that. And we'll, you know, from there we'll just, you know, we'll keep following, we'll see what happens, and we'll we'll keep you guys abreast of how that situation, you know, migrates or changes when it does. And you know, until then, it's you know, it's kind of it, it. I hate to say it is what it is, but that's that's, that's exactly what it, what it is. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. So. With that, that means we jump down to, you know, as, as Daryl mentioned, you know, Florida and uh, Fort Myers. Well, that means it's time for us to get down to our high A stars of the week. And I'm going to start it off with a shortstop down there who has been red hot. And I mean Florida Sun red hot. And that's Sean Miller. Boy, Sean Miller has been laser electric the last 10 games, hitting 417 down there. 15 for 36 with three doubles, pair of homers. Six RBIs, eight run, or excuse me, yeah, eight runs scored. Yeah, those are all. Yeah, I, I had to double check myself there. I'm like, yeah, those are the numbers I, I researched and wrote down. Yeah, he's been red hot down there in in Fort Myers, and I mean, I don't know if it's the Dougie Minkavich new influence, if it's just Sean Miller starting to you know really click. I mean, what it is, but boy, Sean Miller's put up a, a last ten games down there that are probably for him. I mean, you know, watching him, that's probably a career ten game stretch that he's had, and hey. Right time to have it, Sean, because you, you, you made Talking Twins down on the farm stars of the week, so pretty nice. And so with that, I mean, Daryl, uh, who do you got down in Fort Myers for the Miracle Star of the Week? Well, let me just add that, you know, I know we're going to talk about this later, but, boy, are the Twins deep with shortstop. 
I know. Right? I mean, it's crazy. But mine is Sean Poppin, uh, 23-year-old, selected by the Twins in the 19th round. And I love it when we have uh, stars of the week that were not, you know, the top 10. I love it, you know, too, 19th yes. rounder in 2016. Yep. But get this. Anyway, so his last start, he went six and a third. He gave up a run. He struck out five batters. Now, in his first three starts since being promoted from Cedar to Fort Fort Myers, he's 2-0 and with a 0.55 ERA. Nice. Now, in the year, he's a solid, very solid, 8-2, and two, the 2.53 ERA. His batter, batter's average against is only 2.23, 92 strikeouts, 19 base on balls. Very, very solid for Sean. No, that's 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 very nice numbers indeed. And obviously, it's always always nice to see when you see guys, you know, make the progression, you know, from low A, high A, and everything, you know, keeps rolling right along. You don't see that big either drop off or, you know, it, it, that, you know, just the, the shock or whatever it is. You love to see the fact that they just, you know, they just keep rolling along. The, the things keep happening. And for Sean Poppin, that's, that's a good thing to see. I mean, it, you know, a club can never have too many arms in an organization. So, you know, guys that can perform like that, hey, man, you know, you just keep rolling along and, you know, Next thing you know, you're up in Chattanooga and you're a lookout. I mean, it's, you know, just just keep, you know, doing your thing, Sean. And that's two Seans for our Stars of the Week this week down in, in Fort Myers. So it must be, it must be a Sean kind of week down there in, in Florida. So with that, we move to Double to A, which would be those Chattanooga lookouts. As I need to say it the right way so Larry Ward does not crucify me. You don't want to get in trouble. I do not want to get in trouble from the master, Mr. Ward himself. So, And for me down there, it is the first baseman, Jonathan Rodriguez, and another player in the Twins organization who has been red hot the past, you know, 10 days, hitting 429 over his last 10 games. That's an 18 for 42 clip for Jonathan Rodriguez. Six doubles in his last 10 games, a homer, four RBIs, only four RBIs, which means, hey, Chattanooga, can somebody else get on base? Because if, if Jonathan's hitting 429, and he's got six doubles in that clip, man. Somebody's somebody's got to get on base so he can use some of those two baggers to drive some runs in. I mean, four RBIs, but yet him getting on base, the guys behind him were knocking runs in because he scored ten runs over the past ten days as well. So, you know, you you, you got to like the fact that at least he was getting, you know, the run production was happening behind him to at least knock him in. But still, you love that four twenty nine clip over over a ten game set and you know and they they like they've liked jonathan rodriguez they've liked a lot about him the bat obviously has been the you know the the biggest thing about him that they've liked but they really you know they really would like to see you know that consistent production from him it's a guy they want to figure out at double a is it time to you know rochester him you know what is it and i think if they get a more consistent production out of jonathan that's probably what it's what it's going to be so hopefully he continue to kind of put those numbers up in I'm not saying 429 every 10 games but just you know that 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 solid hitting stroke and with that Daryl who do you got down there in lookout land this week well I've got a multi uh, all-star for us uh, Max Murphy center fielder yes uh, player taken in the ninth round in 2014 now over the last uh, 10 games he's in 293 uh, three doubles a triple a home run he drove in eight and scored seven runs on the year, defensively, he's been fantastic. He's hitting a solid 305. He's got six home runs, 19 doubles, four triples. He's got 42 run batted in and 59 runs scored. He's got that all-around game. You know, he's on pace to hit, you know, to, to be that 
uh, 80 RBI guy, you know, maybe 100 uh, runs scored. He, he's doing all the right things. He's blocked because outfield is pretty packed right now. Yep. But he, he's showing that he's got all the tools, and he'll definitely be pushing the team, pushing the, the uh, front office to get him some playing time in the bigs next year because he'll probably be he'll get promoted easily to uh, Rock, I'm sure to Rochester by either the end of this year or next year. No, I mean that's it's a guy that the you know that the club has kind of you know wanted to you know feel out for the past couple of years and want to find out you know I mean they they they, they like Max they just they, they want to find out as he's kind of moved up to the organization he kind of had a little bit of a stall at Fort Myers and then he, he had a stall at Fort Myers but he's been solid at Double A he's been solid at Chattanooga though he's been consistent in Double A and I think that's he's been one of the more consistent guys in Double A and I think that's really the biggest thing that they wanted to see out of him at Double A because. At Fort Myers, he would again show the flashes, but then right. he'd go into that 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 tailspin for slow. like yeah for two weeks, and you'd be like, you know, well, what I mean, what's going on? Is this this isn't the same guy? You now I think they really really like that they've seen the consistency with him so far at Chattanooga. I think that is a I think that's a big thing. I think that's a, as you mentioned, I think that's a huge piece, and I think that's what's gonna if Max continues that, I think that consistency is gonna make him where you know wearing a Rochester Red Wing uniform before, you know, very long at all. So with that, we agree. And as we close out, that's Max Murphy and Jonathan Rodriguez, our two stars at AA Chattanooga. And so with that, which means we got to close it out with our guys in Rochester, and that's Rochester, New York, not Minnesota, the Rochester Red Wings. Um, I've got J.B. Shuck, the center fielder there in Rochester, and now with Zach Granite gone, J.B. Shuck is getting a fair amount of playing time in center field because there's no more Zach Granite patrolling frontier field. He's now getting some time at target field. So J.B. Shuck, though, over his last 10 games, has taken advantage of that and hitting 324. That's on an 11-for-34 clip with a three triples, uh, two RBI, six runs scored, and a couple of stolen bases. So J.B. Shuck showing off some of his speed in terms of, you know, stealing some bags, scoring some runs playing some very decent defense. I mean, you know, when you lose Zach Granite, I mean, it's not like anybody's just going to jump in and, you know, you know, fill Zach Granite's spot. Zach's a speedster that can play some great outfield. But J.B. Shuck, the veteran, has been doing some pretty good work as well there in Rochester and hitting the ball pretty well in the last 10 games and, you know, you know, kind of filling that role where Granite left and playing some defense. And so with that, he's going to get the, for me at least, the star of the week, Daryl. We close it out. You get the final star on the show this week, man. Who is well, your, your Rochester Red Wings star this week? And I went pitcher, and he's I, this is another one who's been on our show multiple times uh, as star of the week, and that's Aaron Sleegers. You know, the 24-year-old pitcher that we selected, the Twins selected in the fifth round of 2013. You know, he doesn't make, he isn't, he's not overly flashy. He's not on any prospect list. But he just continues to get the job done. And his last outing, he just allowed four hits over seven scoreless innings while walking a batter and fanning five. On the year, Brad, he 10-4, 3-5 ERA. Now he does have a 275 batter's average against. So he's strong against, uh, he's got a strong 2.54 ERA against lefties. He struggles against righties allowing a 4.39 ERA. I don't know if that's what's... There's a lot of people that are asking, how come Aaron's not getting a shot? 
you know, what's he's pitching great. You know, he like I said, he just earned another win, uh, his tenth win. But you know, I, I think he needs to hone it in a little bit. But he's got to be on the cusp. Don't don't just think, Brad, that he's on the cusp of making the big league squad. I I think at some point, yeah, they really because it's it comes down to with especially guys at AAA, and you and I have talked about this before on more than one episode, where it comes down to you have to find out if a guy is a quad A guy or if he actually is a guy that has somewhat of a major league spot, whether, you know, and it may not be starting for Aaron Sleegers. It, it may be, you know, you know, middle relief. I was just going to go there. It could yeah. be a Tyler, yeah. Taylor Rogers, Tyler. Duffy type. You know, it could be. Yeah. Yep, Duffy. Totally. A, you know. a Duffy or Rogers situation like that. But they got to find out. At some point, you, right. you, you've got to find out because you've got to know. You know, you can't just leave a guy down there at AAA forever. And yeah, he, you know, you know, you know, does what he does at AAA. That that that's great. He's only twenty four, so it, it, I think right. by next year they're going to have to make that decision. I think so because he could be your long relief, just like Duffy. You know, Duffy came in two years ago. I think he did. and he took the league by storm, really, and he really helped save the Twins two years ago. And now they made him into you know where he's at now, well, and that's and, you know kind of your seventh inning guy. And look at this, Daryl. And and we're gonna and, and this kind of leads into what one of the topics we're gonna talk about in, in the dugout. But you talk about long relief, and after they brought uh, this guy back from the DL, they thought that was gonna be Phil Hughes's role was that he was gonna be right. the long man. And now he's as we're gonna well, I don't want to too much get into into that only because we'll talk about Phil here in just a moment. But that Phil's gonna be now done for the rest of the year. We'll get into why. So now that's we don't know what that situation is going to be going forward. We'll talk about why that again in the in the dugout. We'll discuss why that's the case, and maybe we'll bring Slieger's name back up during that little chat. So that way we'll we'll kind of tie that in to where we're going from. Well, here. and then that'll tie in too with our other conversation, which is the trade deadline. Correct. So that'll kind of bring all three into play. So with that, just keep Aaron Slieger's name in mind. Obviously, number one because he was Daryl's star of the week in Rochester you should always keep it in mind for that week or just, you know just for that right there but also number two keep it in mind because that's going to kind of come back when we talk about what we're going to discuss on in the dugout now as I say that before we hit the break here and come back in the dugout we do have some good things to talk about we are going to talk about some injury updates uh, Byron Buxton and Hector Santiago uh, those are good injury updates so we'll talk about those uh, the Phil Hughes situation not not so good not not so good at all we're going to talk about that as well um, we're going to talk about the uh the trade uh deadline as daryl mentioned coming up and where we think maybe the twins should be some you know buyers and why we don't think they should be sellers and that's you know that's kind of obvious when we start to lay it out um also the, the the latest rumor and this is one that that we talked about before the show in our in our pre-show uh meetings we're going to talk about it a little bit but it's, it's kind of becoming a soap opera a little bit is the latest that we've heard, you know, about the Bartolo Colon, that he's going to retire, that he's not going to retire, that it's it's based on this, it's based on that. You know, we're going to just real quickly kind of, we're going to go over it briefly. We're not going to sit and, you know, we're not going to get into the young and the restless for an hour with this thing. But we'll we'll real quickly talk about what's been put out there, you know, what hasn't, and where it kind of lays. And then finally, of course, one of the greatest things that's happening this weekend, and of course, remember, we're recording the show here on Wednesday, July 19th. Um, this weekend, the 1987 World Series 30th Anniversary Reunion. 
which culminates on Saturday with your chance. If you come to Target Field and you're one of the first 10,000 that's 21 or older, Budweiser is sponsoring a very beautiful 30th anniversary beer stein that you'll have a chance to grab at Target Field if you are one of the very first 10,021 and up. No kids get it. Sorry, it's adults only. That's the way it's done when it's a an alcohol sponsor. That's <laughs> they're, they're, they're not stupid about that. So that's how that's done. So come with us back. And we also have a giveaway that we're going to announce, and, Oh, and that's right. And we, we do have a secret giveaway that we are also are going to tease at the very end of the show. That's right, Daryl. Good good catch on that. I appreciate that. That's a very good grab. So we're going to tease that at the very, very, very end of the show, right before we close it out. That will give the tease on what that giveaway is. So with that, stick around. We just have a little short break here, a little, you know, just a few, a few seconds of music. We'll be right back here. And then we're going to come back on Talking Twins, and it's going to be time for In the Dugout. So be right back here, guys, on Talking Twins. Twins, during our extended uh, Down on the Farm segment this week, because, of course, we brought you guys the Down on the Farm stars, we also did mention that we have a, a special guest that's, that's joining us this evening, and it is none other than Brent Rooker, one of the Twins' uh, first-round draft picks, uh, traces this year out of Mississippi State. Uh, we're, we're really pleased to have Brent take some time to – to join us, I mean, especially with the the very recent move for Brent, as he just yesterday got uh, moved up and promoted to the Fort Myers Miracle, where he's going to sit down there and play under Dougie McCavage for a little while. So we appreciate with all that's been going on for Brent lately, uh, taking the time to sit down with Talking Twins here for a little bit this evening. And, hey, Brent, you know, it's Bradley Swanson, Daryl Yates, thank you very much for coming on tonight and sit down with us and having a little chat here on Talking Twins. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's been a bad, really good experience on first five month or so with the Twins, so uh, you know, just enjoy it. I appreciate you guys having me on. I mean, I have to imagine it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. I mean, obviously, you know, the the draft was in, you know, wasn't just in June, and then you're you're down in E Town, and the next thing you know, you're getting promoted, and you're up to you're up to Fort Myers. Just you know, before we get into the the Q and A part of it, just kind of talk about, if you will, what your experience has kind of been like since the draft. You know, finishing obviously the finishing the college season out, and then jumping right into the pro ball start of it. Yeah, I mean, the, since the draft happened, I've seen like, I've just been kind of bouncing everywhere. I went from, you know, Starkville and where I was, where I watched the draft, to back home, and then from, from there up to Minneapolis to sign and do all that fun stuff. And from there back to Fort Myers to do, you know, the, the physical and the, and the training camp little portion of it. Then I went from there straight to E-Town for about, uh, you know, a week and a half, and then I had to go from there to L.A. for the Gold Spikes thing, and then from L.A. back to E-Town for another two weeks, and now I'm back at Fort Myers. And like I said, it's just kind of been, you know, a whirlwind of events for me, but I've really enjoyed it, obviously. It's, a, it's an experience I've dreamed of, um, you know, since I started playing baseball, so I'm trying to soak it all up and kind of take every minute in that I can and just enjoy the process along the way. So my first month has been awesome, like I said. I've had a really good time with it. And so that kind of leads me into the, into the first question, and then I'll let Daryl jump in here. So, you know, talking about that and, you know, talking about the kind of the whole whirlwind and, and the whole experience, you know, what was it like for you? I mean, obviously you were drafted before you were drafted last year, a little, little bit deeper in the, in, in the draft than you were this year. So kind of a whole different experience from, from that standpoint. So what was it like for you this year in terms of the draft experience? And then I guess kind of a, a you know, part off to that question is where were you and who were you with the night you were drafted here in 2017? Yeah, um, it was a completely different experience. Obviously, I think last year uh, when I found out the Twins hit me in the 38th round, I was actually uh, in the hole uh, during the Super Regional game. And uh, Coach Cohen came up to me and just kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, congratulations. 
you know, the twins picked you up, um, now go ahead. So it was kind of a, it was definitely a different experience <laughs> from this year when, uh, um, you know, we had a little party um, at, a, at a restaurant in Starkville. I had some teammates and some friends and some uh, family come in town for it, and you had a really good time with it. I, I just all sitting down uh, watching it together. So it was it was a really fun experience. Uh, obviously, like I said, it was kind of a moment I dreamed of, um, you know, since I started playing. So we had a good time with it, and it was cool to be with my parents and family when it finally happened. Very nice day, Daryl. You're up, man. Uh, that sounds really good. And, you know, I'm going to follow that up. But, uh, you know, you, you, I, I read a lot of articles, uh, you know, after the Twins selected you 38. Um, you made this obviously wise decision to go back to school. Uh, and it seemed like you were on a mission to improve your draft status, which clearly you were since you were a first-round pick. So now that you're a professional baseball player, what goals have you set for yourself moving forward? Yeah, I mean, for me, even in college, um, you know, the reason I went back to school, one of the reasons that I made that choice was, you know, I told myself that, you know, my goal was not to get drafted. My goal was to be a big leaguer and to make it to the big leagues and stay in the big leagues. So I thought that, you know, to attain that goal, the best choice for me was to go back to school for another year, and it worked out well um, with the draft and everything else. But like I said, it's just, you know, now that I'm here and I'm starting the process, my goal is to get to the big leagues as fast as I can and stay there as long as I can. So I think that's just kind of, you know, where the Okay, that sounds really good. And, then, and you know, here's a follow-up question because uh, this is a lot of our a lot, a lot of our listeners like to know at what point in your life, whether it was little league or maybe middle school, did you realize that you know professional baseball could actually be a career for you? Um, to be honest with you, it really wasn't. It didn't become a realistic goal and a reality to me until the summer after my redshirt freshman year. Uh, when I went into the NECBL and, you know, I kind of I kind of had, had a really good summer and was one of the, the top prospects there and started to get some attention from scouts. Um, before that, I kind of viewed baseball as, you know, a way, to get, a way to get school paid for, a way to get an education. And then I initially planned to uh, go to law school um, after college. That before I realized that the whole professional baseball thing could work out. So I might have been a little later than some people. You know, I developed later. I don't know a lot of guys do as far as talent and progression goes. So for me, really, it became a reality the uh, the summer after my redshirt freshman year at Mississippi State. Well, and, and, and Brent, let's go back to college a little bit. I mean, not too far back, but looking at this past season, you're the SEC Player of the Year. And, I mean, some of the numbers you put up against, you know, SEC competition – I mean, that's, that's, that's a great, you know, baseball conference, obviously top level. Two things I'm going to ask you in, in, that area, in that area. First of all, you know, you know I want you to talk about a, a favorite memory from playing at Mississippi State. But before you, you get to that, you were, you were a triple crown winner in the SEC this past season. That's, that's, a, that's a huge feat in itself. I mean, I don't care what conference you're playing in. I mean, obviously, if you're playing in a top-flight conference, SEC, you know, maybe even, like, up here some Big Ten baseball, to win the Triple Crown in a conference where there's a lot of good players, I mean, that, that's a heck of an accomplishment. The question I want to ask you about that is, do you know who the last player was to win the Triple Crown in the SEC? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, Rochelle Palmero won back in 1984. Yeah. He was also a Mississippi State guy. So, um, yeah, it was, that, was, that was a really cool thing to, to be able to pull off and to be able to accomplish and kind of, you know, just even have my name in the same kind of category as, as you know, Rocky McCabe, the type of career he had at Mississippi State, the type of career he had at the big leagues is, is truly special. 
Yeah, Rafi wasn't too bad of a hitter up here in the in the bigs. No, he was. Yeah, like, he was. He was pretty good. He's all right. <laughs> now, talk about for you. You got to play. You know. You know, a full. You know, college career. So, I mean, do you have? I mean, maybe it's not one memory, but just kind of something that that that's always going to stick with you about playing baseball at at Mississippi State. Yeah, one of the coolest things. Um, my my sophomore year, my regular sophomore year, we won the SEC uh, regular season title. We went twenty one and nine. And the conference, you know, to win that championship, and we what we needed to do to win it was go nine and our last three series and sweep our last three series, and we were able to do that. Um, you know, just kind of from a team perspective, knowing what was in front of you, knowing what we had to do, and the fact that we were able to, to go out and accomplish it um, was a really cool experience for me and some of the other state for sure. Very nice, very nice indeed, Daryl. And I'll just follow up with, uh, you know. Everything that we've read about you and we're seeing is that you're an advanced prospect that combines your power, your patience, with a keen eye for the strike zone. How long do you actually think it's going to take for you? I mean, you've already jumped after 22 games from E-Town to Fort Myers. How long did it take to you before you get to the big leagues? We need the over-under on this yeah, one. I mean, yeah, let's put, a, let's put two years as the number there, you know, is it? <laughs> I'm not going to set a timetable for you, you know, my that's other people's job. Um, you know, my job is to show up to the field every day and want you know, become a better baseball player every day, become a better player offensively and defensively every single day, and then to help my team win, you know, whatever level I'm at. So, you know, I'm going to let the, the front office guys, the scouts make other kind of decisions. I'm just going to do my part by showing up every day, trying to be a productive baseball player, be a good teammate, and like I said, just continue to get a little bit better every single day. Well, you know, you couldn't have asked that. You couldn't have answered that any better. So here's a follow-up <laughs> question. Um, no, it was that was a perfectly well answered. Uh, so, what do you need to do as a player? Is there any specific areas you need to improve on to make sure that they're watching and you are getting promoted? Yeah, I think all of them. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, I had I had like, I had a very successful career in college, but um, this isn't college baseball anymore. This is a new level. This is better competition. This is the best players in the world all trying to compete to get to the, to get to the same place. So you know, I just got to continue to refine my game. Um, you know, every single aspect that I can. Uh, you know, one that's on my pocket this one's about is kind of finding the position defensively and, and kind of becoming as good of a defender as possible. Which I think right now the plan is left field. So. Uh, I'm working out there a pretty good bit, and then just continue to become, you know, an, an overall all-around offensive player, not just a guy who has power, but you know, maybe struggles to get to it. I mean, to become, you know, kind of a, a solid hitter who can hit for a lot of average, and obviously hit enough to bring my natural power out. So I'm just going to work as hard as I can to become the best, you know, all-around player I can be. Well, Fantastic. And, and Brent, you kind of led me in, into one of the, the questions I was going to ask because you just talked about where so far you're you're kind of seeing yourself slated as as an outfielder, more of a cor- obviously corner outfielder, and left field is where you're you know where you see the Twins seeing you. But you also played a, you know a, a fair amount of first base, obviously at in college at, at Mississippi State. So I mean, if now obviously take away what what you know say Derek Falvey, you know I mean Thad Levine and and the the scouting part of the of the Twins front office, you know see you as. You know, you've played first base and outfield. I mean, are you, do you have a, a higher comfort level at, at one of those spots more than the other? Or to you, is it really, it, it doesn't matter as long as you're up here wearing a uniform that says twins across the front, you really could give, you know, a you-know-what less? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, I'll play wherever they need me to to 
Obviously, your your bat has carried you obviously through college. I mean, to to get where you are now, and actually a pretty good showing down in in Etown too, in Elizabethton. I mean, how have you handled that transition? Because a lot of guys when they play college ball, you know, you're, you're using the you know the aluminum bat. You know, it, it, I don't want to say it's magic pop, but there are guys that you you know this, you've seen them. They they get a little extra, well, you know, electricity pop off the bat. You know that they they get off the the, the metal and then they get to the wood, and it, it doesn't always translate. Now I'm. I don't think the Twins obviously are worried about with that with you because I, I think they've already, you know, they've done their due diligence in the scouting aspect of it. But how, you know, for you, what is the transition like from playing collegiate baseball to now playing, you know, to now playing pro ball? I mean, is that is that bat transition a big thing for you, or what do you see in the transition from playing college to pro baseball? No, I don't, I mean, I don't think the bat thing is a big of a concern because I had mean, the opportunity to play the Cape Cod League for, you know, a couple summers and played some other all uh, little bat leagues in my college career. And then in high school, you know, all our summer tournaments we use wood bat. So I've, I have experience of swinging a wood bat. I don't think that transition um, is going to be a huge factor. Um, obviously, just kind of seeing the the high caliber arms day in and day out, which I kind of got a taste of in college. Like you said, playing with the SEC against, you know, pretty much every Friday night, you're seeing a first first or second round draft pick, um, which is which is obviously a huge advantage that. Guys who play in the SEC and the ACC, the Big 12 conferences like that, kind of have that advantage coming out of college. But, you know, it's just it's seen a taking fast with that kind of bounce in the back of the bullpen. Every guy is, you know, is, is a 95-plus guy with plus ring and stuff. Every starter can throw three pitches for strikes and, you know, they're 94, 95. So it's just kind of adjusting to seeing that kind of arm day in and day out is what the biggest jump is going gonna, is gonna to be. Okay. Very nice. Daryl. So either in college or as a child, did you have a favorite baseball team or player? And then a quick follow-up with that question, uh, is there a specific player that you emulate your style that you compare yourself to? Uh, well, growing up, uh, I was a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Uh, my dad was from the, from the Midwest, so I grew up a Cardinals fan. I grew up um, a huge Albert Pujols fan. Um, you know, when he was with the Cardinals, I, I watched a lot of their games, and so I grew up a, a Pujols fan. Um, and then I, I obviously continue to follow him. I, I kind of gravitate now towards watching, honestly, any right-handed bat with power. Um, I like to watch a lot of video. I watch videos of guys like, you know, guys like Donaldson, um, guys like Ryan Braun, uh, guys like that are similar to my size and right-handed who live with power. You like to try to. You know, watch the moves they make, watch how they use their swing and their body to get the most power possible. So as far as the favorite player, um, I don't really have one specific guy. I kind of just, like I said, gravitate towards, you know, right-handed bats with power who are similar in size, um, you know, to me. No, that's fantastic. And you know, a question that we always ask uh, first-time guests is, uh, your favorite baseball movie? Uh-oh, you're on this one. Bull Durham. Oh, okay. oh, good choice. I love it. That was quick. I don't know how to think about that one. That's, that's, nice. that's the easy date for me. And Brad? 
Well, yeah, yeah. For me, I mean, I, I, you you know mine, Daryl. I mean, I, I mean, I have to mention I, I like Bull Durham, but for me, it's it's obviously Major League. I mean, it, there's the, kind of yeah, kind of like Brent said, great one. Yeah, just like for me, it's an all-brainer. I mean, it's 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 one of my you know favorite movies of all time, let alone my favorite baseball movie. And just as a, as a real quick side note, and you'll like this, Brent. We actually had a couple of guys last year. We have a at Target Field. We have this the very nice area. It's called the Metropolitan Club. It's actually a season ticket holder only lounge. So it's kind of a real little upscale place that only the season ticket holders can can get into and and enjoy before the game. And we actually had a couple of guys come up from Cleveland for an Indian series and sit down next to me at the bar, and I look over, and I literally see a guy wearing a 99 Vaughn jersey and a 24 Roger <laughs> Dorn jersey, literally the right year, you know, the right mate, everything. I mean, right down to the money. I mean, it was, it was completely, it was just, you know, it was just That's good cool. stuff. You know, I mean, so it's just, you know, those are two good movies. I mean, obviously, Bull Durham, nothing wrong with Crash, and, you know, Susan Sarandon's got legendary lines in that movie, and it's, yeah, it's, I mean, two two very good baseball movies. Um I guess the last thing I mean I want to ask you before we kind of start to to wind down here, from a guy I mean and it, this is a tough question I've asked it to, to different ball players and, and and it's you know it's something I mean I wish I could have asked well I mean I I mean I I say I kind of wished I asked it to a guy years ago I actually did ask this question to a guy that I faced years ago that is was a professional ball player, Daryl knows exactly what I'm talking about and that's uh, Jared Washburn who pitched for for quite a few years in the major leagues. And it's a question that a lot of young kids will, you know, especially if we're talking to dads that listen to our show, they'll, they'll ask, they'll ask us, "Hey, ask, ask so and so, you know, what advice he can give my kid." And and it, and it's a tough question for any ball player. But if I had to ask you, it, what advice could you give to someone that that wants to become a a professional ball player? Now, say there may be. I don't know. Say, like, you know, in, in the high school age, maybe you know, freshman, sophomore, they're they're really believing that they have a chance to, you know, to try to make their dream a reality. Do you have any advice that you'd give to kids that maybe that that nine through twelve grade that where it's really kind of the time for them to decide if they want to make this a career or not? Do you have any advice that you could give, you know, kind of kids at that age range? Yeah, I do. I think one of the biggest um, advantages for me, and one of the the best thing I did for my career was I played three sports growing up all the way through my senior high school, and I think that was huge for me in just physical development, athletic development, learning how to compete in multiple environments, learning how to win multiple environments, learning how to succeed under different coaches and around different kinds of teammates. So I always tell you know kids growing up that I think multi-sport athletes um, tend to have the advantage just because of some of those factors. I know. The trend nowadays is going towards more towards specialization at an earlier age, and I don't agree with that. I think the the more types of competition, the more types of competitive environments, the more types of of movement patterns and physical training you can expose yourself to, the better you'll be you the better off you'll be down the road. So, I think one of the biggest the, the biggest piece of advice I could say was to to play multiple sports as long as you can, and when you do, you do playing um, multiple sports. Well, very nice. Hey, that, that's, I think that's a great way to close out what I think was probably one of our best minor league interviews from, I want to say, uh, Brent, a very well-spoken young man. Um, I, I, I think uh, I'm really, we're really pulling for you as well. We'd like to definitely chat with you as your, as your minor league career continues to progress, as the professional career moves along. I mean, you're really, yeah, really well-spoken, really, really smart, you know, smart guy, and I, I'd really like to keep in touch with you, and we'd like to maybe get you on Talking Twins either in the offseason or as we look into 2018 and, you know, see how things are progressing for you, and we could, you know, 
kind of catch up and see how things are going, if you're okay with that. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Sounds good to me. Well, hey, with that, guys, we're going to close it out here for Daryl and Bradley. That's Brent Rooker, our our draft pick, who's now at Florida State. Uh, or, excuse me, at, at Fort Myers. Excuse me, I don't know Florida State popped in there. At Fort Myers Miracle. Um, so we want to thank Brent for joining us on Talking Twins this evening. We're going to close out the Down on the Farm segment, ask you guys to stick around. We're going to pop back after the break, and we're going to have the In the Dugout segment where we're going to talk about some of the latest Minnesota Twins uh, topics that's hovering around the Major League team. So with that, stick around, come back after the short break, guys. We'll be right back here on Talking Twins. This is Andy Madfield from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to Talking Twins on the 4D Podcast Network. Twins, and it is time now for the In the Dugout segment. Uh, we're going to have some good things to talk about, as we mentioned in the intro. We're going to talk about the uh, possible trade options or moves for the Twins here with the fact that they're still in the in the hunt for a, a couple of playoff spots, including the AL Central title and a wildcard spot. So we're going to talk about are there possible moves the Twins realistically could still make. Uh, some injury updates on Byron Buxton and Hector Santiago. Those are good news. Also, an injury update on, on Phil Hughes. Fortunately, that's on the other side of the coin. Um, we're going to real quickly discuss and then probably also kill the um, retirement Bartolo Colon rumors that have been floating around the last 24 to 48 hours. And then wrap it up with a real quick little talk on, a real quick little just mention, I guess, on, on the 1987 World Series 30th anniversary reunion that's happening this weekend at Target Field. Very very good times indeed. So, as I bring Daryl back in here, Daryl, let's start out with just the obviously the the talk of the hour, and that is, you know, the Twins going now into Wednesday evening are a half a game out of first place in the AL Central. They're a half a game out of the second wild card spot behind the Yankees. Uh, they just took a two out of three against the Yankees. Uh, it's just, which is the first time since what 2006, 2006 at home. That is correct at home. And we're now talking about them being in contention the the day after my birthday. Thank you very much. Yes, that's July 19th. Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday, Riley. Appreciate it big time. But I'm more like the fact that the day after it, they're actually in contention for for something. And, and how, okay, so at the end of each month, all we heard from pundits was that, well, it's not going to last. Yep, it'll and be I'll be honest, Brad, I, I didn't, you know, with that, with that run differential the way it is, you know, 60 to the negative, a 60 plus to the negative. Correct. They're the only team that's in contention with a negative run differential that's in contention. And I can see why people are saying that it's not going to last. Well, and, and that's our topic and why we're, we're going to, you know, talk with each other about the question of, you know, do they, A, do they believe that they're in the hunt, which I guess at July 19th, I, I you know, if I'm Derek Falby and Ted Levine and Paul Molitor, I have to believe. I know Molitor. Do you believe that you're in the hunt and that it's going to last? And do you believe that where Cleveland is with the team they have, they're going to remain, well, kind of on the same pace that the Minnesota Twins are at? Well, if you ask the skipper, I know, I know, I know what Paul Molitor is going to tell you, man. He, he, he's going to tell you this club is playing good, and they, they're only the, the only ceiling is going up. I mean, he's not, he's not going to tell you that right. they're going to fall out because that would not be what. what well, you're not going to say that, and then also say that you're throwing out Gibson and you know we can name some other players like Hector Santiago as your fourth and fifth starter either, right? I mean, come on, you can't look a fan in the eye and say that. No, it's not honest. I think I know you're right. I mean, I think what in the next two weeks they're going to show us. I think that, and, and this is more. 
as much as I'd like to, you know, as much as I hate to say this, I should say, it's not Paul's decision. It's it's not Skip's call really here at this point. This is Derek Foley. And it shouldn't be. It, it, that's, well, why, that's why they have a general manager and president in the baseball operation. I, I know, but I don't never, I don't, I don't ever want to lock down and say that the, the skipper should never have a voice into it at least because as much as the front office – well, here's why. Here's, here's the reason I say that. As much as the front office needs to make the decisions in terms of, you know, player, you know, not just development, but, you know, personal decisions, uh, you cannot tell me that, that Thad Le- you know, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine have the same pulse on what the team is doing in that, you know, in that clubhouse that the manager's got. So if the manager thinks he's got a winning club, it is his job to at least go lobby. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. I mean, I can go ask right. I can go ask the wife that I want to, you know, I want to, you know, buy a new car and I I am ready to drive it. It doesn't mean I'm going to doesn't mean I Well, I would say I would say this tandem in Falvey and Levine, unlike maybe other general manager baseball operation presidents are different because they're so new that they're so delved into everything. They, they were in the draft. They were that they are in free agency. They are in player development because it's both of their first years with the organization. So I would say that yes, they probably are invested and knowledgeable, just as Paul Molitor, just because of that. Any other year, I would agree with you that yep. The skipper's going to have, you know, you got a brand new president of baseball operation, a brand new GM, and just a second year skipper. Oh, it's not, not like he's a veteran skipper. I'm not, and I'm not saying like that the investment in terms of their knowledge is different. I'm just saying that any, any manager, any manager that's half a game out of a division and half a game out of a second wild card, any manager that's worth his, you know, a triple or a double dollar sign, is going to go to the front office and go, man, we're right there. We're right there. Right. Man, just get me a guy. We're right there. That's that's the manager's job, to be quite honest, because then the players – You're least, absolutely right. Because then the players at least go, yeah, Skip's backing us, man. Skip thinks we can win. You know, that's the manager's job. Now, it's also the front office guys in terms of Derek and Thad to go, yeah, Paul, let's let's kind of – let's sit back here and let's let's really evaluate the situation – and let's take a gander and see, does it really warrant making a move? Now, in this case, I don't think Cleveland has the, the team that they're just going to go, excuse me, on some, a burp there, on some magical run. I don't, I don't think Cleveland is all of a sudden just going to, bam, you know, and they're going to like. They you know, just don't seem like that team from a year ago right now, do they? I mean, no, they haven't, am I missing something? They, they just. And here's why. They, they, they haven't gotten the same consistent pitching that they did a year ago. But their pitching is second best in in the American League. In what category, though? Well, if you look at the ERA, they they're starting they're pitching. There's but ERA, sort of pitching. Just ERA is a three point eight two. But ERA doesn't uh, necessarily gauge your starters unless you're breaking the starters out of the relievers out of that equation. Their relievers could be what's floating that that ERA, but the starting pitching, you know, number two is the injuries. They had Kipnis down for a time. They've had a yes, couple other did. injuries that have, and 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 their and and the third to that is their offensive production has not been the same as they were a year ago. That team is the Cleveland Indians has a sixth best starting rotation as of 
today. July 19th. And and now this is high because there's only two teams with a sub-four ERA. Boston Yankees, Texas, and Cleveland goes uh, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and Cleveland with a 4.32 ERA uh, with uh, their starting rotation. But still, that's good for six. It's good for six, but I would challenge you to put those numbers to what they were last year to see if it's the same in all pitching staff. I also know that their offensive production hasn't been quite what it was last year. Um, I'd also challenge... Uh, they, were, uh, they were a 4.08 last year, okay. second. So I would, uh, that's, that's been different. I'd also challenge you to look what their defense has been, you know. And, there, and there's all, it's also, some of it has been opportunity. You know, the Twins have gotten pretty lucky that in terms of injury, other than a couple of pitchers, you know, there hasn't been any major injuries to their you know major offensive stars you know Sano has not been hurt god bless i'm doing the the cross right now i mean Sano hasn't been hurt i mean they haven't when he got hit in the hand yesterday yeah that was that was not that was scary because the first thing i thought of is like oh here we go again and then of course he crushed a you know home run so right so it was you know it it was it was scary though (laughs) so if i if i'm the twins I think with looking at the fact that New York has not been consistent. I mean, yes, they've gotten a great season out of Aaron Judge. Their their pitching has been a little up and down. They're the, the wild card team in front of you. The fact that Cleveland by July 19th hasn't also pulled away from you, I think if I'm the Twins, I think there there is a move or two I could make. And I think the really the biggest, you know, people have said, get a bullpen arm, get a bullpen arm. I don't know that, that that's where I want to go because I'm looking at a, at a value add here. And if you're like, I'm gonna, you know, we want a, you know, a short to long arm, okay, that guy might get to throw two, three nights a week maybe and for a couple of innings. I don't know what value add that really gives me right now, whereas I know if I could go get one more starter in this rotation that every, you know, every five days I can flip the ball to and is going to get me six more innings. And it's going to give me another quality, you know, another QS, another quality start. I'm getting some W's out of that. Even if you go get another, you know, middle to short guy, if, and you and I talked about this, if you don't have games to give him the ball, it's not going to matter. It's it's not going to matter. It's nice he's sitting out there. It's cool to see him hanging out there in the bullpen, you know, and, you know, getting loose and whatever and this and that. But I would much rather have them look at getting one more starting arm especially so they're close as they are that if they do end up getting into a wild card situation or they you know they do make the playoffs and they're you know that they, they've got three consistent starters they've already got Big E we know Big Irvin's going to be ready for any playoff run that happens Jose got the switch back on today you know against the Yankees and boy looked pretty you know pretty decent in that start and it was you know back to the good Barrios again so that that's a good sign man there's a couple of guys out there, and we talked about one, you know, that, that we both like, and that's Sonny Gray, Darrell. And, I mean, this is a guy yep. that you'd have for a, a realistic price because it's, it's, he signed under contract this year, but he's arbitration um, eligible for the next two years before 2020 when he actually hits the full free agent market. It's the guy that out of the – I mean, I've heard some – and, you know, and I'll let you jump in here. I know you've, you've got some of the names in terms of the relief guys, some of the other starter guys. Sonny Gray, though, is a guy that the Twins have talked about before. It's not the first time that the Twins front office has mentioned looking at him. I know there's other people looking at him as well. 
But that's the guy that I think in terms of value and price would be the to me the the move I would you know like him to go after. Well, and, and first I'll start by saying uh, that the Twins right now rank second to last as a starting rotation, not the relief, starting rotation uh, in the American League with a 4.96. And you alluded to this, Brad. You've got to get to that fifth, sixth, seventh inning. Get us at least to the sixth inning. You know, uh, and Urban Santana has got more complete games than any other starting pitcher with four. Uh, Barrios has been a wonderful surprise, earning his ninth victory today, going six and a two-thirds, uh, striking out five, by the way. And after that, you look at, okay, Alberto Mejia might be your third best option. Gibson, albeit he had a, a decent start his last outing, has been nothing short of horrible. And then you're throwing out maybe uh, Hector Santiago. Uh, we've had to call in uh, Jorge uh, Polanco. We've had, we got Justin Haley, who we got in the Rule 5 uh, draft this year. But, and then, you know, he pitched for Rochester, and maybe he is. You got Bartolo Colon, who gave up four runs. Got a standing ovation. So that's fantastic for giving up four runs in, uh, you know, in a limited time. But is that really those uh, the three options out there, Gibson, uh, Hector, Bartolo Colon, is that going to, if we get into that second spot where we do happen to win the division, is that going to beat Houston? Is that going to beat uh, Boston? There's not a no. No, no not, not even close. Are you kidding me? And all this talk about getting bullpen arms, I just don't. Yep, I get it. I understand it. I don't. But you know what? If you can get to the fifth or sixth inning, we need a starter. And Sonny Gray is the only option, is the only viable option that I see without giving up. I, I, and I caveat it by saying without giving up the farm. You know, you said that, yep, he's controlled, he's arbitration eligible, and he kind of comes into a different level. Uh, we control him until next year. He doesn't come a true free agent until 2020. Correct. He'll hit arbitration his second and third time, 18 and 19. Twins, if whichever team gets him, they wouldn't lose him, but they may be paying some more money for him. Correct. But he's pitching solid. He's pitching like he did two years ago with a 3.73 ERA uh, in 14 starts, and, and that's 84 and two-thirds inning, uh, 79 strikeouts, 26 walks. He would certainly be uh, either number one or number two in the rotation, wouldn't you think? Oh, he, I mean, I, I mean, could, he, I he might be right three. behind Urban Santana, who's having a career year. I would, if it was me, I would leave Barrios behind Santana just, just for the fact that I think there's two the things. Yeah, because there's two things that happen there. Number one, it's it's a good, it's kind of a good situation to have Barrios follow him to see what Big E does, and then to go back out the next night and go, yeah, I just watched you know the mentor Big E go out and you know 
give that eight-inning performance, you know. I'd rather have young man follow that up. And then plus the reason I like that, too, having Sonny pitch third, is if Barrios does have a bad start, well, then the next night you got Sonny Gray who can go back out and go, all right, calm down, guys, it's cool, I got this. I'm going to drop a 6-7 inning here, and I'm going to get it right back in again. And I look at three-game series. So if I look at a series where Urban's going to start the series and get a win, <coughs> excuse me, if, if Barrios does have a bad second game, and I'm not saying he's going to all the time, but I'm saying if he does have a young man bad second game, then at least you got Sonny Gray closing that series out who can go, all right, all right, that's fine. I'm going to go get that, I'm gonna get that third, you know, that, that second one in that three-game series, and I'm going to make sure we leave town or – if we're at home, you know what you know, we're we're gonna get that series. I'd ra- I'd, I'd rather like it to be where you'd have those two pinching him in the middle, just because that way the way series will line up. There's there's times where that could be a good thing, and plus I just like the fact that I'd love to have Brios feed off of Irvin Santana, because Big E's gonna go out and give you a lot of good performances, and it'd be really good to see Jose feed off that and go. Yep, next night out, time for me to you know go do what Big E did last night, you know, and just kind of keep you know. I would love to have him sandwiched in between two good veterans. You know, and, and Sonny Gray, I mean, you can almost call him a veteran starter now. This is not a guy that's, you know. Well, he's pit. This is his fifth year yeah. in. Yeah, this isn't guy year his two first year. His first year was a half year. Right, but still. Uh, it's still. It's but not, this is his fifth year in the bigs. Yeah, the same. So you're right. right. He's not a rookie by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I, I just. And, I'd rather you know what? And, and, I, and if, you, if, if they don't make. If they don't win the AL, AL Central, if they're a wild card, well, you got to choose what pitcher you want to have. And that's, you know, let's just say it's probably going to be Big E. Well, you have to because that's... But now, but now you start over if they do win, and you got to set up your rotation. And I'd like to start out with someone that's a veteran like a Sonny Gray. Yeah, number one, if you're, if you're in a wild card playoff game to get in, nothing else after that game matters during that game. Because if you don't win that game, nothing else matters. So you're going to throw Big E out there because you're going to, you know, you're going to want him to seven, maybe eight and go, please, please keep us in it so we can get to the divisional round. After that, exactly. after that, then you can retweak it. And that's where I'd like a guy like Sonny Gregg. Saying, okay, Sonny, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to lead off the divisional series. Cause we, you know, you, this ain't your first time on the big stage. You know, you can handle it. You're going to be able to do this. And then you can have Barrios follow Sonny. And then you hope by then, now you got to remember that in a, in a divisional series, it's two, day off, then, you know, back to the other, you know, other parks. So then maybe with the two, the day off, I think you also, if I remember right, you get a day off between the wildcard playing game and the divisional yep. series. Well, they got, they got a travel game. Yeah, yep. so, yep. So you, now you're like four days. Big E could probably run on four days, you know, so that would give you the ability to go Sonny Gray, uh, Rios day off at the other park, you know, wherever, whether it's, you know, here or there, Biggie, you know, it would give you the at least to send the on Biggie out on four, or, you know, four days rest after that play-in game. The play-in game means everything because you got to win that to go on. It doesn't really you got to win it to get in. Yeah, you got to win, exactly, win it to get in. So I just, I think that, I just think that Sonny Gray for the money, for what they're going to have to give up, because they're going to have to, you're, you're, you're going to have to, you know. Now, let's talk about that, Brad. And so, regardless of who it is, now, Sonny Gray is the one that's most talked about, and I don't want to see them go on the cheap route. 
but you got to pay to play, I, man. I just don't want to see you, but you're going to have to give up something. Yeah, you got to pay. Arm. Now we're pretty deep. The Twins are pretty deep on uh, two things: uh, shortstop and outfield. Yep. And if we talk about shortstop, Nick Gordon is your is the top shortstop, right? Would Would you agree with that in the organization? I mean, I, I know they just. I know there. I know, and there there are some people. There are some people in this organization that straight look up on on. Uh, I, you, it, it it's really hard when you ask that question because if you ask it, based on talent, there are some people in this organization that say it's Royce Lewis. Well, Royce Lewis, I don't think they're going to give up, and he's so young. No, 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 you no, don't. That's my point. And that's, the thing is. The thing is, with a shortstop, as we all know, Darryl, it's, a, it's as much coveted position as a pitcher because you have to be so athletic but that you my, can basically play any position. That's my point, though, is that if, if, there, if there are enough people in this organization, and, and, and it's got to be at the Brad Stiles you know, level or, or above, you know, above, if they feel that Royce Lewis is the most talented shortstop they have, they may be willing to go, hey, we'll put Nick Gordon in a package. Remember, he's top draft right. pick, you know. Will you know? And, and I'm sure you know that's where Thad and Derek get to go in and go sales pitch. Oh, you remember Nick Gordon's, you know, top draft pick? They're going to sell that like it's you know the guy trying to sell you the used car and make you feel like it's the you know it's got the shiniest. Well, engine and he lot. is right now. I mean, he's we know he's been phenomenal and he's been phenomenal at every level. But right now, Gordon is uh you know two ninety seven average. He's got over he's got over 100 hits, 102, uh, over 20 doubles, uh, you know, six home runs was just quite a bit for him. Here's solid solid defensively, uh, 10 stolen bases. He's really come into his own and he's been progressing every year, but this year above all of them, he's really had a stellar year. You know, he came in as the uh, number 8 uh, shortstop in all of the minor leagues, according to MLB, and I'm sure that ranking is going to go even higher based on this year. Here's how I would look at it: if if they think, for example, in the case of let's say Sonny Gray is their target, which that's been rumored that he is, so let's say that's their target. That's going to be the guy they're going to have for the rest of 2017, 2018. And 2019, and then he's a free agent in 2020. You have no clue what's going to happen after that. It's all it's right. off the books after that. If they really feel that they like Royce Lewis as much as they do, and that's you know I'm, that's just not me. This is me saying what the organization feels. I'm not even going to get into my own take on it because I haven't scouted him enough. I'd want to see him at Cedar Rapids. That that's for a whole different freaking show and a whole right. other night, and we'll have to go see him. In Colonel and we might be doing that in two weeks and because we might. the dra- the trade deadline will be done. <laughs> right, we very well might. So what I would say is this, though, when I look at the whole kind of Nick Gordon thing and the whole what your pieces are going to be, they're going to have to probably put an outfielder in there. They're going to have to put in a pitcher of some kind. It's going to have to be something to at least entice, you know, Oakland. And then Nick Gordon might have to be that, that kind of centerpiece that frameworks the deal. Here's what I, I kind of look at. I look at, okay, you'd get Sonny Gray for the rest of this year, two more years with arbitration, excuse me, arbitration eligible. What you have to look at is, okay, if you move Gordon out, Royce Lewis is your next prospect up at the shortstop position for the most part. 
You have to look at yourself and go, okay. No, 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 no. You got you got shortstops at every level. No, no, no. I mean, you got you got two right now, but you got a- Adrianza. No, no, no. no, no hold best, on, hold on. Defensive shortstop in Triple A. I was gonna get there, but no, no. Adrianza okay. up here. Adrianza's here, number one. He's up here. He's I'm sorry, Adrian. Yeah, you're right. Adrianza's right up here. Yeah. So yep, that, you're what right. I was gonna say is, is you've got Polanco and Adrianza up here at the major league level. They're right here. Right. They're on the roster. They're here. They're in Minneapolis. You have to then, you have to, as the front office, your mindset and your decision behind this, and you have to stand behind it, you have to take the fan heat, you have to do whatever, your mindset then and your decision has to be the best thing for this club is to get Sonny Gray as another starting pitcher here, and that means that we are going to go with Polanco and Adrianza, whether it's a, whether it's a platoon whether they believe that either Polanco or Adrianza outright become the guy full time, whatever that, whatever that part of it is, I, I don't even care right now in terms of that aspect. That's for the, that's for the front office and the manager to figure that piece out. But their decision right. and their mindset has to be: if we're going to throw Nick Gordon in a deal with a pitcher and an outfielder, just to you know, just to sweeten the pot so we can get Bride Sunny Gray from the Athletics' cold dead hands then their mindset has to be, for the next couple of years, man, we're rolling with Polanco and Adrianza, and that's what we're going with the shortstop. We're going to have to sell it to the fans that that's going to be the way it is, and the way we had to do it that way was that was the only way we could get another arm that could be ready to start, you know, right now, right away, for us to try to win either the AL Central this year or a wild card spot this year. They have to, basically, that has to, because you're going to have fans yell, well, you traded Nick Orton. You traded Nick Orton. He's a, you know, you know what? Yeah. And Nick Vilma. Vilma was the other one I was thinking of, Brad. You know, but Vilma, That's, I mean. He's Vil- the best one. I mean, you got him and you got Wander Javier. I, I, I like Engel, but if, if he doesn't figure out how to hit, he's not going to play up here at all. Right, I mean, but, I'm, I'm but we got a lot of shortstop. Plus, they just took an international. Now, we're not going to see him for five years. But they have a lot of shortstop. If there's a starting piece. You have to do it. And you it. can get a pitcher. You have and to do we it. Don't, let's be honest. After this winter, we don't know what's going to happen to Urban Santana. Right. Is he going to be on the team? Is he going to get traded? Right. We don't, so I would say. We don't know. So I'd like to get a nice a guy that, you know, 26, 27 years old. We can troll for two more years after the season. But I'd, I'd say this. if you put That a, would be solid. If you put a Sonny Gray on this team and you have a, a, a pitching staff like that, I would think that. It would bode more likely that Irvin Santana is going to stick around here, and well, that might not be up to him, though. Well, it might not be up to him, but I mean, the front office might be like, "Well, do we really want to?" He's like- a good mentor. Yeah. Well, and now he's a good mentor. The stuff's still good. I mean, let's be honest. The stuff's still good. The guy has, you know, has put out some quality. I mean, some amazing. He's putting out some great stuff this year, and he's he's. Pitching well, well, well above his average, and that's fantastic. Now, I don't know if we're going to expect that next year, and some will be talking about, uh, you know, probably later on this fall. No, I know what I, I'm, and I'm not saying to trade him this year. No, I know, but I'm, I'm afraid people start But this getting... winter, if a, a grand, you know, uh, offer comes yeah, at you, I think that's when maybe you have to look at it. It would have to be, to... because otherwise what I get in, what I hear too many people get in the mentality of is, well, we'll be able to we'll be able to sell high this winter. Well, 
they're not going to sell high. If they want to sell, they they'll never sell higher than they would before well, July. Not necessarily, because let's say he let's say he goes out and has a second half of the year that matches this first half. Then I I know I, I I've already heard Twins fans. Well, this winter and the winter meetings, then we'll be able to get the sun, the moon, and the, no, 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 hold the phone. No, you won't, because some of the GMs are going to look at it and go, yeah, he did do that over this whole season. But now he's turning 35. Is he gonna? You know, it, it, July is always the best because you're getting the desperate teams that need it. But right now we're one of those teams, right? So I just that he pitches. You, you know, you one of it. the biggest moves, in my opinion. You tell me if you agree, Brad. Is you don't trade him. You don't trade Dozier. You don't trade Kinsler. Though that to me, I don't want to call it an aggressive move, but a smart move by the Twins is by not trading those three players if they, because they're in contention. If they don't trade... Before the season started, before the season started, I think most people thought two out of the three would definitely be gone by July. Yo, no, I, I agree with that fully, and, and I also agree with your, your kind of your concept, your mindset of, 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 in terms of the, you know, the, the, the mindset behind that because I would say this. If none of those three are traded by August 1st, you have to assume then that the front office mindset is, we're playing to we're playing to get in this year. We're playing right. to get in now, not you know next year's. Excuse me, next year's next year, and you know we'll you know. I mean that gets you know that next year's so far away. I mean people. I mean I, I love when people start going. Well, we're not in this year, so next year. Boy, man, you know 2018. I don't I don't know where you live, but you know and unless you're somewhere in the globe where time magically spins faster than where I live here in Minnesota, 2018's a long damn time away. You don't know what's going to, you know, I mean, you don't know a lot of things are what are going to happen in 2018. I mean, you just, you, that, that that's too much people going, well, we're just going to loop or, you know. No, I would say if they don't trade those three guys by August 1st, I would say that the front office just telling this fan group, this fan base, this following that, hey, we're playing for this year. We're, we're not too far from the Indians that we can catch them and win the AL Central or we're not too far from Tampa Bay or New York, and we can grab a wild card spot. I think you're right. I think that's the. I think that is the biggest move that they don't move Kinsler, that they don't move Dozier. I mean, I mean, it, to me, I would think they were foolish by moving Brian Dozier. I mean, right now, I just it's a guy that's a team leader. It's a guy that that gets this clubhouse, you know, right, ready to play every day. They, you know, guys want to play with him for him, and it's a guy that's, by the way, a darn good second baseman. And a good hitter, yeah, and, and he's been hitting some. He's been hitting that bat hard, and he's uh, also starting you know, to figure second out second again in home runs. I mean that he's he's doing everything right. And he's also starting to figure out how to hit the ball the opposite way. He's starting to really figure yes. out you know how to you know that teams are shifting him and he's beating it. That no, I think that's the I think number one as you mentioned it. That's a good call. It's the biggest move by August first is that you don't see him move those three. Now obviously the second biggest move is that you and I will get to talk about on the show on August 4th, which is that Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's August or 3rd or 4th. Is It is the 4th, yeah. That we'll get to talk about that they did make a starting pitching move and that they did get another arm. And then we'll get to obviously discuss, you know, the value of the move, whether we think that, you know, the move is legitimate for the value of what was given up for it and, you know, what that move will provide for the team. So I mean that's now there's talk there's talk Brad that they could go out and there's a lot of pundits out there saying they need bullpen they need bullpen they need bullpen and I want to get your opinion on this because in my opinion and I'll just give you a brief 
real quick, I, I think they have some arms available in AAA where they don't have starting arms, except for maybe Aaron Sleekers, and I think he's more of a bullpen, a uh, long relief possibly. Uh, but you got Jake Reed, uh, who I think is right there, John Curtis, who's right there, Mason Altakis, who's right there, uh, possibly a Ryan Eads even, uh, you know, later on. Alan Bonitez, I mean, you got a lot of guys that throw the heat, that can command the ball, that are pitching really, really well, and that are due for promotion, and that are better than half of what we have. Uh, Kinzer's doing great. Rogers is doing great. Two of our best pitchers, probably. Hildenberger, love that he was promoted. He's there to stay. Uh, I, If you're going to invest, do you not agree that they need to go starting someone who can get you past the fifth inning rather than bullpen, or do you think we need bullpen as no, well? No, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. Number one, if you don't have good starting pitching that's going to get you to the back end, it really doesn't matter what you've got in the back end because the guys that you're going to be talking about spending money on are, are short to middle relievers, set-up guys. They're guys that if you can't get a game there, isn't going to matter. They're, they're not going to be of any use. You, ha- you have to, I mean, I, I hear so many people, well, yeah, if we had another eighth-inning guy that could blow guys away. Well, first of all, they've got an all-star closer. They've got a yep. guy that, that does a, a pretty good job in their eighth-inning role in Taylor Rogers. They've got a guy in their seventh-inning role that's been pretty good in Tyler Duffy. And if you can't get games to the seventh inning with a starter, I don't care if you go out and get another top-notch setup guy. That guy's not going to get any damn opportunities that mean anything anyway because you're not going to use him in a night when, you know, your pitcher gets four and a third. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to see that setup guy that I spent $5 million on or $4 well, million on. and Justin Haley could be, you know, once he's healthy again, he's he could be that right. sixth or seventh inning guy. I'm just, you already have that, and, and I don't want to be risked, but, you know, John Curtis, you know, we got a lot of guys – I counted 14 last time, Brad, on our current minor league roster for just pitchers here that throw heat that had Tommy John. So people forget the name like Jake Reed, John Curtis, and I keep reminding you of those guys. But those guys are fantastic, and they can. John Curtis, I think, in my opinion, is that next guy up, and we're not jumping him up from. A double A like like they did with Randy Rosario, uh, who's you know regained his form back in the minors again, but he's that guy that okay he got promoted after Tommy John you know yep he went through all of it like seemingly so many guys have, uh, but he's been dominant. We got guys ready. We just got to get there. You know rather than go spending like Justin Wilson, yeah wouldn't it be great to go get him from Detroit? who may be sellers, but you know what? How much are you going to have to give up for him? And what are you going to do with him? Probably a lot of Nick Gordon and uh, another really good prospect. I don't want to do that. I'd rather get Sonny Gray and give up the prospect. And what do you do with Justin Wilson when you get him here? What, he's going to pitch an inning, what, a couple of nights a week? I mean, that's that's, that's not worth – I'm sorry. And he's going to have done that before. Let's not forget, they, you know – Jaspin and, and, and Caps, John Roush, they went and traded. I mean, What's that? John, Johnny Roush. I mean, it's, it's been oh, done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they went and they, they've, they've 
spent prospects and money on relief help, but yet they didn't do anything with that third, fourth, and fifth starter. And I'm hoping, and we're going to see this in the next week and a half, okay, are you actually going to go and take care of what needs to be taken care of, and that's your starting rotation? And, and that's the thing is you can go sit there and you can have this, you know, Santa, as I call it, you know, the Santa Claus wish list that, you know, I, oh, man, if we had like the, if we went and got Justin Wilson from Detroit, we'd have like two back-to-back closers. And we'd be dominant <laughs> in the eighth and eighth. Yeah, but you got to get a game that far. you got to get a game to that point. Now they were not rich like the Yankees where they made, made their trade. They have four relief pitchers. So they just have to get to the fifth, Although and they, they can pretty much close it out. They still, on just as, as we roll up the, the trade talk, they rolled the dice on that deal because they gave up one they of did. their number two or three prospects. They rolled the dice, and if they don't make the playoffs this year, there's going to be a lot of fans in the Yankee Nation, you know, pretty pissed off that they gave up, you know, number two. No, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. So, you're you know, absolutely right. So, they, 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 they made a gutsy play, but I think a smart one for them. Oh, I think they had to do it, but um, I just don't think for the Twins that same play is there. And, B, it's not like they haven't had – you know, good performances from Rodgers to get to Kinsler and good performances from Duffy. Their problem has is they haven't had good performances on the mound one through five to get to that point. And like you mentioned, they've got enough guys they can bring up to kind of fill the gap, the Curtises. Oh, and they've already done it with Hildenberger who today, uh, put a pretty good outing against there and smoked away Aaron Judge in that game. They, you know, they, they've got guys. The three pitches. Yeah, Jakey Reed that they can bring up. You know, we love, we love Mr. Jakey Reed, but they can bring up Curtis. They've, they've got, you know, Melaton. They've got guys that they can bring up to kind of hear their bit. The biggest thing is I tell fans this time and time again, man, you can sit and, you know, say you want, you know, a bunch of just, you know, you know three-pitch blowers in the bullpen, but you have to get a game there first. It doesn't matter how many of those guys are sitting out there wearing jackets and say the Twins on it if you can't get a damn game there in the first place. You've got to get exactly. games there on a regular basis. And that's why Sonny Gray is the piece. If you're down by five runs in the fifth, well, it's not, not looking really yep. good. All they're doing then is going, well, who's going to be the long guy that's going to get us three innings to... In the playoffs, in the playoffs we're looking at three, maybe four pitchers at max. So right now we have two. So... Let's let's look. maybe Adalberto Mejia, but he's a strong fourth or fifth guy. So we need that second or third guy to take a step up. So Twins fans, if you got a Christmas in July list, man, it should start with starting pitching, and then it should say starting pitching, and then it should actually down below that say starting pitching. That's what you know. You, you, you're scoring enough runs that that that's not a problem, and, and you're not really chasing any of those categories. You want another starter. So, and with that, let's. So we we we've beat the. And real quick, Brad, before you close up, I just yep. want to mention real quick because after today's game, through uh, 284 career games for a twin, Miguel Sano has 66 home runs. Harmon Killebrew through the same amount of games, 55 home runs. Jimmy Hall, 54. Justin Morneau, 53, and Tom Bernanski, 50. So, Miguel Sano, one reason why the Twins are in contention. And that's pretty high praise because I love me some number three in terms of Harmon Killebrew. I mean, my favorite player yeah, of, all, of all time, so that's, that's, that's some pretty high I praise. I just wanted to throw that in there, oh, get a little bath in there because, uh, you know, he hit another home run today. That's, a, that's, a, that's some pretty high praise, pretty high group of folks that, 
That's an O's being mentioned with there. Now, we do a quick couple of quick injury updates as we, we get that, that trade talk out of the way. And, again, if you want to give your own trade, either I, I don't want to say scenarios because I don't really – I love you guys, but I don't want to see, like, 56 different trade scenarios on the Facebook page tomorrow morning or, or you know, Thursday afternoon. I mean, I understand that everybody's got their different thoughts, but if you want to comment, you know, please do it on, on Facebook.com slash Talking Twins or at Talking Twins. Just, you know, maybe give your feedback on where you think the biggest need of, of position is if the Twins make a trade. I, I, I you know, I, I love everybody, but I, you know, I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to, we'd have to comment on like 68 scenarios on what, you know, it's just, but give us what you think their biggest spot of need is. And then you can, or you can comment if they should make a deal or not during the trade deadline. And you can do that on Facebook, again, facebook.com slash Talking Twins or on Twitter at Talking Twins. Now, as we get into a couple of quick injury updates here on, on In the Dugout, uh, Byron Buxton and Hector Santiago, a couple of guys that are making some serious progress with their injuries. Uh, Buck is, is, I mean, from Molitor, according to this afternoon, Buck's going to be activated as soon as next Tuesday. So it sounds like Byron's going to be back, and that's going to be an issue to see, do they send Zach Granite back to Rochester? Do they leave Vargas down there and, you know, start playing Zach some more like in left field per se with I tell you that man that'd be a fast outfield of Zach Granite Buxton and Kepler my Could you lord. imagine that one my lord good luck getting a ball to even find the grass <laughs> well then you already say nothing uh drops but rain right yeah with that so be, there you go be, I mean yeah well now, then you add then you add someone as speedy as Granite wow I guess. it's gonna be all on the bat though well, now, right? I mean, it's all on Granite's bat. Right, but, yeah, but they they could turn that slogan from nothing drops but rain to just nothing drops. I mean, it just be, I mean. Well, that's true. And, and that's another thing that, Brett, you know, when you look at what, you know, who could be traded and for what is, you know, you, you got a couple guys over there with Rosario. Uh, you know, he's he's got a great bat. His head isn't always where you want it to be. Uh, to be honest, when it comes to making decisions in the outfield. Uh, yeah, but you got some outfielders there that are possibly expendable. But you're right. It comes down to what Zach Granite's bat becomes here in the next couple of weeks. I mean, you know, especially in the next few days. That's I mean, that's going to be the a, a biggest, you know, the biggest kind of piece of that situation. Um, now, on the other side of it, uh, Santiago, Hector Santiago, threw a bullpen session with no problems on Tuesday. So that's looking pretty good. Buxton's already been rehabbing at Target Field, and it, it really sounds like they're going to have him activated on Tuesday for that, that road trip starting against the Dodgers. They are still deciding, though, if he's going to need to do a rehab assignment before then. That's the only thing where it's going to get, you know, interesting is if they have to send him down to either, you know, Rochester or, you I know. doubt it. I mean, I, I doubt it. And that's only if they want to use the system. Right now, with, with this new... 10-day deal, well, I mean, the Twins have used so many, and not only that, that so many times where they put someone on a 10-day DL to call up somebody else. But, Daryl, not only that, you have to look at the fact that if they're going to be out in Los Angeles, do you really want him rehabbing like in Rochester, New York, and then he's got to come back across the country? And just that, There's just a lot of things there to me that would be like just – they, they can have rehab in Fort Myers and then have them, come up, have them get a warm-up game and then come right there. No, but that's that, – no, no, they're playing L.A. 
he he's not eligible until Tuesday in in, in Los Angeles. Until Tuesday. Yeah. So he, I don't want him in Fort Myers rehabbing. They have to come clear across the country. That's the last thing I want a guy to do is rehab on the East well, Coast. The way he's on the other coast, he's on the wrong coast. Not if you don't have him rehab at all. You can decide not hey, to. Right. And I don't think after 10 games, I mean, it's not like he has to rehab. You know, they could have him. So he comes at, is it the first, second, or third game of the series that he comes back? Do you know? Right. Second game. It's Tuesday is when he's eligible. Okay. So he can come back and maybe be a defensive replacement, DH, uh, for that second game. Right. He's and then, yep, fine, and, yep. and then he exactly. can play the third. Exactly. Now, Santiago that, that, that comes in, and then he's got all the BP he needs, so he's right, warmed up. Right. Now, Santiago is a little bit different because he's been on the 10-day DL since July 3rd. He's got that upper thoracic back pain. God, there are so many guys in this team that have had the upper thora- the thoracic issues. It's just it's scary because that's what we're going to get into this in a moment. You'll understand where I'm going with this. He threw his first bullpen session. Um, uh, today since or uh, yeah yeah today since sustaining the injury he'll throw another one on Friday uh, when they're still here in town obviously in Target Field and then he'll pitch in a simulated game then they're going to send him out on a rehab assignment and that's probably going to be at least and one, they need that yep that's yeah, smart that'll be at least one maybe two starts because they even said you know Mahler said he felt good but his command was not there at all and you know a lot of it is he's just trying to start to throw again after having that that back pain so with with Santiago I don't really right now expect that we'll see him I don't think he starts a game in July I, I really don't I really don't think that he's you know if he has to go to two rehab starts and this is already the night you know 19th going on the you know tomorrow will be the 20th and, and he's not even throwing under their bullpen until Friday I mean even if they send him out on a rehab God, he's not starting a rehab start the first one until early next week and you're already talking. Right. And then at that point, July twenty, you know, fourth. I mean, yeah, I don't see. And, and if, if he doesn't, Brad, he could be that guy too. That maybe, uh, you know, if the Twins do make a move, maybe he's in the bullpen. Yeah, I could totally see that. I could totally see where he. Or going. he's the fifth guy, or he's the fifth guy eventually. Either fifth, but guy. yeah, I could. See you know, that. It, 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 with so many things going on with that injury, and you're going to get into the big one here. But yep. yeah, you just you know you don't know. I, I could I could see that totally. I mean, I could definitely. But I could definitely see that with you know he's under contract. They're, they're paying him, and you know what? He's a competitor. Maybe they use him as a long relief guy. Yeah, that one. I mean, I I, I could totally see that where he you know he gets you know kind of slid into that you know fifth spot that you know like you said that you know kind of you know. Fifth slash six spot, maybe yeah. a six man rotation too. Now we've done that before. And now we, and as you mentioned, now we, we talk about the, the big one, and I mean it, it's big in terms of what it means for the the rest of the season, and that's Phil Hughes. And Phil Hughes, we can basically officially kind of close, uh, shut the book on on Phil Hughes. He has been placed on the sixty day DL, and that was that was as of yesterday. The thoracic outlet syndrome, uh, uh, he's still having the symptoms from it, which is really sad because he already had the rib removed. He's still feeling the, the problems with the, the blood flow, the pinching of the nerve. Their focus now is to try to have him back ready for you know spring training next year. Now, what's scary is the team has yet to determine if he's going to undergo the same season-ending surgery that he had last year. 
in which they already removed a rib to relieve the nerve pressure. So my first thought with that is, do they have to yank out another rib? I mean, like, how many ribs does this guy have to have removed to, like, to right. leave the issue? It's like we have to take out half your rib cage on the left-hand side. We're just going to take a sledgehammer and just, you know, freaking whack out half your ribs. I mean, I'm sorry, but at some point, if, as a guy, as a you know, as a guy that wants to, like, have a life and a career outside of baseball, I would kind of be like, um, if I got to lose a second rib, it might be just time for me to go, you know, I, I need to wind off into the sunset. I got some kids, a wife. You know, I, I don't want to be like in my 50s and they have to haul me around in a wheelchair because I'm missing two ribs on a side. I mean, I, I don't know how that works. I have not have two ribs on one side. I mean, but they're, they're talking that they may have him undergo the same surgery. And it's like they, they noted other pitchers that have had the surgery bef- before, but those guys only had it once. I've never heard of a pitcher that's had the thoracic outlet, you know, surgery twice. Like, are they... I mean, what do they, I mean, do they take another rib out? Do they, because what it is, it's, it's, it's nerve and a, it's mostly nerves and then also a vessel that's getting pinched in the ribs and then it shoots that numbness and pain up the nerve into the shoulder. So that's where he gets the, the you know, the numbness and then you can't feel the baseball because it's, you know, your nerve is getting basically pinched off the blood flow is in the ribs. I mean, if they've already taken one rib out, I mean, I just don't get, you know, What's going to happen by taking a second rib out? I mean, is it, and if it's that bad, should the guy really be throwing a baseball anymore? Maybe that's not the, you know, maybe that's not the number one thought process that should be behind his mind if some doctor is going, well, I got to Frankenstein you and take out another rib. I mean, I'd kind of be going, Doc, hey, man, this is un- uncharted territory here, man. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, the guy that invented the, the double thoracic, you know, ribs <laughs> surgery type thing, but. It's sad because he's the fourth guy this year, Daryl, that's on the 60-day to yell. Trevor May, who had Tommy John, so, you know, bam for the year. He's done, yep. Ryan O'Rourke, once again, Tommy John, bam, out for the year. Glenn Perkins, who is nowhere near coming back. Well, I was just going to bring him up. I wanted to make sure you brought him up, too, just to mention where he's at in his stage, which is not close unfortunately it is not even close the velocity is nowhere near i mean it's 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 bad it's not he's trying hard but he's not getting there and i wanted but no he's you know i didn't mean to interrupt no no that's okay yeah it's not looking good for this year he may not he may be done i mean i appreciate you mentioning that because yeah i mean some fans might have said yeah what about perk yeah it's it's not he might be done it's not looking good even during this kind of comeback if you will a couple of times during this comeback this year, they've had to stop it because it's 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 not been good. I mean, it's the velocity is I mean nowhere even close to what he you know it's I mean and it's 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 not good. I mean, and Hughes is under contract to 2019, and if they don't get this fixed by next year, I mean, I mean, I don't. There ain't no way another club's going to pick that guy up when he has somebody able to, you know, when he's had to get no. two ribs pulled out and he still can't feel a baseball. Well, you're going to have you're going to have both guys that they done after this year. I sadly, because I, I really, really like Phil Hughes. I like both guys. I like Perkins I think, too, man. So, well, I think the other one's a jackass, but I think Phil Hughes is a stand-up guy, 
And well, I will say this: you may not like Glenn as a guy. Uh, as a guy, he's a good pitcher. Yep, man, he's a good pitcher. I like him on the mound. But Joe Suzuki is a stand-up guy, stand-up character. I, I, agree, I agree with that. I hate. Well, and I don't want to see any athlete hurt ever. I don't care who it is. I don't care if I like him or not. I don't want to see anybody hurt. You know, to go down like that is bad for anybody. I don't care who it is. Yeah, it's bad for the crowd, uh, too. <laughs> but as a character that I like, okay, Phil Hughes, I just, I hate to see this happen to him. I know. It's a good, it, it, and I like Phil. Good, he's, he's one of the good guys. I like Phil. He, he's one like of the good guys. And, and you just, you just hate to see this. And to have this go on to him, to have Perkins, and I, th- I, th- I think, Perkins and Hughes both are done after this year. Just, just the way it's looking like from all the medical stuff you read, I think they're done. And that's really, really a shame because they're both talented guys, both talented pitchers in their own right. I just don't see it happening. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, I, I think it's yep, not I'm, a good thing. It's sad. Really? But, you know, what? I, give all the, I give the Twins credit, 100% credit for going out there a few years ago, going out there, and, may, yep, maybe Phil Hughes was a mid-market type guy, but he was a hell of a pitcher, a great stand-up guy. He had a great year. Uh, he set the record, you know, for the lowest walk percentage. Oh, that, that year he, will, yeah, he, that, it made it very duplicated. He was I mean. fantastic pitcher, and if it wasn't for the injuries, he would be, the number one or two guy right now on the staff. There's no arguing that. Nope, I'm with you 100. percent So that, so that, and we'll wrap up the injury update there. I'll, I'll, I'll just let Daryl's statement stand for the end of the injury update there because I, I only second that, and so I'll just go with that. Um, real quickly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this, and I'm gonna kill it just as fast as I bring it up. So you won't even really have to jump in very much because I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it up, and then I'm gonna smash it with a sledgehammer. Two days ago, we heard rumors that Bartolo Colon was after the four-run uh, forwarding out, um, outing. He was on Tuesday. I talked a little, little bit. Okay, well, yeah, you can jump in a little bit. He was going to retire, and then, oh, he's all done. And actually, one of the ESPN people, um, you know, I, I don't remember who the, the gal's name was. I'm, I'm not even going to give her credit because I don't I don't think this, this thing had any legs to even freaking stand on. But she tweeted out that, oh, yeah, he told me that, the start next Tuesday against the L.A. Dodgers is going to make or break whether he's going to retire or not. Well, it's funny, but then, of course, the Twins heard about this. S.H. Blank T. And Molitor talked to him, and Cologne downplayed the report. He even also told the Twins he'd like to pitch next year because he's got a goal to pass Juan Marichal's 243 wins, which is the most by a Dominican-born player of all time. Cologne's got 235. And, you know, then he even told uh, MLB.com's Jesse Sanchez, um, sources, well, sources close to him told Jesse Sanchez from MLB.com that Cologne's focused on, on contributing to the Twins. And then Molitor even said, I don't know the context of those conversations, but, you know, to think about retirement when you're 44, you know, it's pretty normal. He said, we had a little conversation this morning. He's fine physically. He's scheduled to pitch on Monday. That's all they're worried about, you know, I think a lot of this was, you know, I think it's twofold. You know, the ESPN reporter might have caught him at the most pissed-off time after that game on Tuesday night. And, you know, again, Cologne speaks through a translator. So that's the first thing. Was there anything lost in translation? Because that can freaking happen. It does. 
you know, from time to time, it, it happens. And second of all, yeah, if you go shove the mic in the guy's face after his first major league start since being traded and it wasn't what he thought it was going to be, maybe he says some things that he doesn't really mean at the time, you know, but, you you know, man, you're venting, you know. And, and also, did that venting get tweaked in the translation the wrong way? And, you know, all I know is there's a couple of sources saying he ain't leaving and he's not, you know, bailing out next Monday. I think, I hate to say it, but I think that ESPN fished for a story that, you know, it, it, it just wasn't there. You fished for something that just, you know, man, it, it happens. Man, you see a lot of the major networks do it, and it just happens. And it, I'm sorry, man, I just, I just I don't see nothing there. I mean, anything to add to that, Daryl? No, I think, you're, I, I think the only reason he would retire if for if he got rocked his next outing and he was gone by the first or second inning, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, and, yeah. and 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 the Twins make a move. Right, right. Well, yeah, the Twins that, make yeah. a move. Yeah, I don't think... If the Twins don't make a move yet by his next outing, and he, but if, if, if he gives us a good five innings... Yeah, stick around, man. I think he's he's going to stay. He said he said that, and what I've heard, he's a team player. He wants to help the Minnesota Twins win. They're the team that gave me a chance. And I think he's going to. That's the last I heard, and, and I, that's what I believe. And he's my, an athlete. Athletes are competitive, and they want to do what's best for them and the team. And Molitor pretty if much. Gets, Maybe he'll change that tune. And Molitor pretty but much. But I, I don't think he will. Molitor pretty much said the the same thing. So I I, I, I don't I don't see that 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 you know is gonna you know change at all. I put that rest right away. Yeah, I, I don't see that changing you know at all either. So I mean it's you know so finally with that let's talk about something that is so awesome that you know I'm sorry you younger. You younger listeners that listen to the show that are like, I wasn't alive then. Man, that's a cry of damn shame because we are talking about the 1987 World Series World Champion 30th Anniversary Reunion Weekend this weekend, Friday and Saturday, July 21st and 22nd. What happened in 87 again? I don't remember. Um, oh, wait. Oh, wait. Our World Champion. It snowed. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, that's right. Uh, also, the Minnesota Twins won the World Series. Oh, that's that Wheaties box that I have right here in the studio that I'm looking at. That's, that's right. right. That's, that's right. right. And now, uh, obviously, some of the greats, unfortunately, you know, a couple of the real great greats are no longer with us and can't can't attend reunion weekend. It's it's that part is sad, but the happy part of it is the list of players attending the '87 weekend this weekend at Target Field are pretty. It's pretty in-depth. You have Keith Atherton. Who do we got this weekend? Keith Atherton. Juan Berenger. You remember Juan Berenger doing, oh, those, God, yeah. doing those awesome uh, Tostado Chips commercials where he'd come out with the briefcase yep. and the, the frickin' trench coat. <laughs> uh, oh, of course, Burt, because Burt will be there calling games. Randy Bush. Sal Butera. Drew's dad will be there. Mark Davidson. How about George Frazier? How about the rat, Gary Gaetti? Gene Larkin. Love Gaetti. Oh, I love I love the rat, man. Gary Gaetti is one of my favorite twins, man. I I have a I have a, actually a starting lineup figurine of Gary Gaetti. I'm half tempted just to throw up my bag and bring it out there on the weekend 
And if I just happen to run into him, like, walking around somewhere, I still remember, I, I, I'll know what Gary looks like. Just see if I could get him to, you know, throw a little autograph on that. But Gene Larkin, the Dazzle Man, of course, Danny Gladden, because, you know, he does the radio broadcast. Your man, number 14, Ken Herbeck. Timmy Laudner, number 15 himself. Steve Lombardozzi. How about the utility man himself? Al Newman. Jeff Reardon. Oh, the old the old bearded save master. Roy Smalley. Roy Smalley I, was one of my favorite infielders of all time. I, I used to, like, like idle myself after, like, the way Roy Smalley would make plays at short. Mike Smithson, who, would, man, I, I'm just a real quick story. I, back in 1986 was at one of the very, it was a Twins caravan in Brainerd, Minnesota. And the two guys that were there for the caravan, it was going into the 87 season, but it was from the 86 season. But, you know, going to like the winter of 87, they hadn't, you know, they hadn't won the World Series, obviously, yet because the season hadn't started. But Mike Smithson and Kirby Puckett were the two guys at the caravan. And it was like Kirby's only like, you know, second year, you know, full year in the, you know, with the team. And, you know, Smithson only been around a couple years because, he came over in a trade from the Red Sox. And, you know, I sat through the whole caravan, you know, scenario, and, you know, they talked about, yeah, this year, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they always hype it up, and it's all a lot of, you know, front office people and stuff and marketing folks, you know. And I'm like a 12-year-old kid, so I'm like, yeah, that's that's great. You know, let's blah, 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 let's get through it, you know. And then they were like, okay, we're done, you know, hey, you know. And, and then the players were gone, and I'm like, oh, there's no autographs? Oh, I'm like. This sucks, man. <laughs> like, this is crap, man. I just saw Kirby and Mike Smithson, and, like, there's there's no autographs. Then I noticed that I watched Kirby Puckett and Mike Smithson walk out to the pool area at the Holiday Inn, and it was like a badge-only area where you had to have, actually have a room key to get in there. And some guy that had a room key just saw me come walking up and, you know, figured I was supposed to be in there as a kid, so he let me in. <laughs> and I walk up to the table, and there's Kirby Puckett and Mike Smithson having a cocktail. And I had my freaking glove with me that I got. This is how I'm going to date myself for my listeners. The older listeners will know. They used to be holiday stores. And I don't mean the gas station. They used to have holiday stores that actually sold, like, I mean, they were owned by holiday, but they sold, like, sporting goods. And, you know, they were, like, I mean, kind of like a smaller Mills Fleet Farm almost. And I had a holiday store glove. And I actually brought it in there, and I asked Kirby Puckett and Mike Smithson if they would sign this glove. And Kirby and Mike got a drink in front of them, and Kirby Puckett looks at Mike Smithson and goes, well, Big Red, because Mike Smithson was like 6'8 and red hair. And he goes, well, Big Red, should we sign this kid's glove? And Smithson goes, well, man, if he had the if he had the balls to come in here, he goes, man, might, might as well hook the kid up. And next thing you know, Mike Smithson signs the middle finger, and Kirby Puckett signs the picky finger. Sad thing was, I lived with a couple of guys that, that Daryl knows after high school who decided to get our trailer house evicted, and I lost the glove. So there, there was a great 1987 story that just went into the trash. So, but after Mike, hey, you just made me sad now for telling that story. <laughs> Sorry. But after Mike Smithson, we because do you did have a lot of good memorabilia, <laughs> I know. Oh, and I know it's so good, but man, you trusted it with the wrong people. The wrong folks should trust it with Daryl Yates. But after after uh, Mike Smithson, they also have Les Straker, and then the man himself, Sweet Music, Frankie Viola, will be there as well. So again, Atherton, Baringware, uh, Baringware, Five Eleven, 
Bush, Butera, Davidson, Frazier, Gaetti, Larkin, Gladden, Herbeck, Laudner, Lombardozzi, Newman, Reardon, Smalley, Smithson, Straker, and Viola. Uh, President Jerry Bell will be there. Uh, Tom Kelly, Dick Such, Tony Oliva, and Rick Stelmazic, all the coaches, will also be there. So it's going to be a fantastic showing is what you're saying. Not only that, I want to let fans know that on Friday, if you're down there Friday, they're unveiling a new statue at Target. Ah, Field. yes. Tom Kelly, that's right. TK, I heard this one. Grab an oar because at 430 at gate 34, they will be unveiling a Tom Kelly statue. Um, Tom Kelly will also throw out the first pitch on Friday night to current Twins manager Paul Molitor. Um, post-game fireworks that night with Billy Joel songs. So pretty nice. And also, if you can get up into the uh, Legends Club, or say, excuse me, excuse me, Delta Sky 360, I don't want, I don't, I don't need somebody from the Twins contacting me again because I had that already happen once where <laughs> somebody actually sent me a, hey, I got like a, uh, like a Twitter like contact. It's now Delta Sky 360. So somebody from, like, marketing somehow caught that I said that. I'm like, okay, sorry, sorry, it's not Legends Club anymore. Delta Sky 360 Club. Didn't mean to, you know, <laughs> ruffle any feathers the wrong way. But they're going to do some uh, photo opportunities up there on Friday night. So from 530 to 6, you can get pictures with Dan Gladden, Gary Gaetti, Roy Smalley, Sal Butera, Jeff Reardon, Gene Lark, and Juan Berenguer. And then from 6 to 6.30, it's going to be Keith Atherton, George Frazier, Les Straker, Tim Laudner, Ken Herbeck, Randy Bush, and Steve Lombardozzi. Now, Saturday is when it gets real interesting. The 1987 World Series championship style will be given away to the first 10,000 fans that are 21 and older. This is presented by Budweiser, so I'm sorry, kiddies. This is a alcohol-sponsored giveaway that's 21 and up. That's what it's going to be. Um, that's that's what that shot is. So there will be some more pregame alumni photos up in the digital clubhouse. So Friday, those are only up in Delta Sky 360. Saturday, though, they are going to be up in the uh, digital clubhouse that's up on the second tier of Target Field. Everyone has access to that. And from 415 to 445, you can get a picture taken with the rat Gary Gaetti, Mark Davidson, Gene Lark, and Jeff Reardon, Frank Biola, Sal Butera and Tim Laudner. I might have to get up there and get a picture with the rat. Just, you know, nothing else. Just have him picture with me the little starting lineup figure with him and just, you know, do something like that. <laughs> um, other than that, we got Jeff Reardon throwing out the uh, first pitch to Tim Laudner, which is really cool. The t- Twins will wear the old school M logo caps and a special 1987 anniversary patch. And if you want to go up during the second and third or fourth innings, the 1987 World Series trophy will be on display up at the digital clubhouse, and you can take pictures with it. So, a lot of good stuff there as we close out the as we start to close out the show here. If you're going to be in town this weekend, and if you're planning on coming to one of the Twins games, man, there's a lot of good stuff happening Friday and Saturday. 87 30th anniversary reunion, going to be a great time. And if you're lucky enough and you got tickets on Saturday, man, get there early so you can score one of those 87 World Series championship beer steins, man. They are they are. Whenever they do them, they're, they're really nice. They're knockout. Got a 91 one. From well, we year. had a 1991, and that's a great one. And that was last year for the 25th anniversary. Yep. yep. And they do a great job. They're very well detailed. And some of you may have already seen the commercial. They've actually been running the commercial the last few days on Fox Sports North where they have uh, Juan Berenguer, Tom Kelly, Kent Herbeck, uh, Roy Smalley, 
uh, Tim Laudner, um, Danny Gladden, and they all show the Steins, and then they toast, and they're in the they're in the Delta Sky 360, and when they toast, they do a toast, and you see the background behind them, and it's the wood background in the Delta Sky 360 Club that has the Kirby Pocket picture. So it's really, really cool commercial. So if you've seen that, that's the Stein that you're going to grab on Saturday if you get out there and be the first 10,000. So with that, now, you know, I mentioned that the Twins are doing a giveaway on Saturday. Well, it's funny that I save that to last. Well, that's because Talking Twins is also going to do a giveaway coming up. That's right. You heard Brent Rooker this evening. You heard the Mississippi State man, that first-round draft pick for the Minnesota Twins, that second first-round draft pick. They call it supplemental, whatever. It's still a first-round pick. Brent Rooker has been very kind enough to tell us that he's going to autograph a few balls for Talking Twins as long as we make sure we give them away to fans. So we're, we're going to do just that. We've got a few balls that will be going out to Brent Rooker in the next couple of days. He's going to he's gonna be kind enough to sign those bad boys for us and send them back to us. And next week, Daryl himself is going to announce the giveaway where you have a chance to win a Brent Rooker autographed baseball. How about winning one now when he's just recently been promoted to Fort Myers? So in a couple of years from now, when you see him actually putting on the Minnesota Twins uniform for the first time, you have a chance to go, I got a Brett Rooker autographed baseball when he was at Fort Myers. I mean, at Fort Myers. That's pretty nice. That's real nice. So, Well, we're talking about a guy that, that has you know, set SEC records, is the second and only, you know, second uh, Triple Crown winner in the history of the SEC to Rafael Palmero. That's correct. Uh, is, you know, he was the SEC Male Athlete of the Year. I mean, he, he went up against some of the most elite competition and obviously he fared well because he won. He the triple crown. He was a triple crown winner. And now he went up and he destroyed Elizabethan. E-Town was, it was no competition for him. So they skipped Cedar Rapids and promoted him right to Fort Myers, which tells me that if he's raking, we're going to see him next year. If he's kind of doing okay, you know, we're at whatever, and if they're, if he's blocked by other other people like Joe Maurer, uh, Kenny Zvargas, outfielders, because he plays first base slash outfield, okay, 2019, for sure he's up. Regardless, who cares? We got him under control for five years. Uh, so whether we have him when he's 24 or 25 in the big leagues, he's going to be a huge part of the Minnesota Twins, like, guarantee it and it's a cool prize to win and you know i mean you guys obviously heard the interview this evening great guy it's a great prize to win a smart guy he was gonna go to law school brad oh, I, law school i know i know if it didn't pan out he's going to law school and you know intelligent guy like i like to see that on the team uh good head on his shoulders making smart decisions upper echelon draft pick a guy you're gonna see down the road in a major league uniform you get a chance to win an autograph ball now not later on when 75, you know, 1,000 other people have it, but now, right now, when it's way, you know, that's when you guys always want them, when it's early, when it, you know. So all you're going to do is 
You're going to look next week on the Talking Twins feed. You're going to see when at D8's Junior 1973, when he drops that 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 message, when he drops that 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 Twitter, you know, feed that says, "Hey, here we go. The tweet comes out. It's time, man. We're giving a retweet, away. like, yep. giveaway. Better, That's all it is. Better, retweet and like. Yep. That's it. You better jump on it, guys. I mean, and and if you're already liking you know, Daryl and Talking Twins, well, then good. You're already 50% of the way in the door. Then you just got to retweet it, and you're, you know, you're bam. You're, you're there. Yeah, you're in. It's not even that hard. I mean, it's it's clicking the little button with the two arrows, and you're retweeting it, and it's gone, man. You're you're good to go then. So just look look next week for for Daryl to drop the, the tweet mentioning that the contest has begun. We will announce the winner on the August 4th show, so we'll make sure to, you know, and we're going to involve – uh, Brett's Twitter handle in the in the tweets, so well, you know Brett's going to get to see who wins this ball as well. So even if he's out playing at that point, he'll he'll get to find out which of you guys is the lucky winner for that. So just watch next week for your chance to win that autographed Brett Rooker, you know so, you know signed baseball. It's going to be a great great giveaway. I remember, of course, as well. Always we're always recorded at the First Pitch Studio, so just remember you can always check us out on www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. We'd appreciate it. We've got all the latest news and notes for the major league club, obviously, and all the minor league clubs as well. Uh, you can come check us out on, on Twitter. I already mentioned that. The handle is at Talking Twins. Uh, Facebook as well. We're, we're posting daily updates on everything that's going on there too. So come check us out at www.facebook.com slash Talking Twins. We're also part of the uh, 4D Podcast Network. You can check out 4D's great podcasts at www.4dpodcasts.com. Com, and that is plural with an S in the end. And they're also on uh, Facebook at the 4D Podcast. So with that, I want to thank you guys for listening again this week. We always appreciate it. For Daryl Yates, this is Bradley Swanson. We will be back with you guys in a, in a couple of weeks. It'll be August 4th, right after the trade deadline. So at that point, we're going to be rehashing, obviously, whatever happened or didn't happen during the, the, the trade you know period before then. And we'll, we'll talk about what other great topics come up then. So until then, for Daryl, it's Bradley. We'll talk with you guys next time here on Talking Twins. Talking baseball in Minnesota. Ernie Allen and Molotov. Krellick had a no-hit game. Kirby Puckett, what a shame. Heisel.